describes acts of extreme violence in graphic detail and may include discussions about demonology and the occult, topics that caused widespread panic during the 1980s. This content may not be suitable for children under the age of 50. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Previously on Grog Talk. Martin reached out to me and said, you know it would be great if I would do a parody song for him. Apparently that's my future, Dan. You're going to be like the Weird Al <laughs> of d and I'm going to be the Weird Al of D&D. That is exactly right. Weird James. <laughs> my parents were right, is what your wife's going to be saying. And I'm proud to be a first edition Grognon. If you roll... One, two, he's dead. Would you roll oh, I one? rolled a one. He's I dead. I rolled a one. Because he's only six hit dice. He only had 21 hit points. He got hit for 21 hit points. <laughs> Goodbye. I killed the septic tank. Yeah. You've, you've, now the place is going to reek. You idiot. Why did you kill the ant yug? Oh, I'm in big trouble. Everyone hates it. I'm going to have to replace it. All right, miscellaneous magic. James, this segment, we randomly roll a magic item from the DMG from the miscellaneous magic table, and then we discuss it. It is a potion. It is a potion of healing, James. <laughs> wow. So, oh, what you could do is you could actually have, I could sell potions of healing. You ready for this? This is worse than the generic brand. You, you, you can return, except in Maine, you can bring <laughs> back your potion <laughs> bottle, and I'll give you 10 cents. I'll give you right. a piece, right? And there's a little bit left. And so what I do is I take each drop. Oh, from every a, a heal, hunch right? punch. The hunch punch heal. Oh. What's a hunch punch? Oh my. Oh. You would have fruit punch and they would just dump it all <laughs> in the thing. Okay, I love that idea. That's not what I, no, I wasn't suggesting that. Kids, that's dangerous to mix your potions like that. afternoon good evening welcome to grog talk i'm james and i'm dan where are we from today dan well of course we're from the grog talk studio number one finally yes oh that's exactly right uh, but we're also from the fennec inn in uh, black marsh uh, and i have to tell you i thought that the grog talk studio was bigger i remembered it bigger i think it's very small now that here i don't <laughs> That's right. It's less impressive than I That's right. <laughs> imagined it. Well, we uh, nothing has changed. It's like a it was like a museum. We've actually kept it, you know, like when they had the Gettysburg Address where they preserved the actual thing. This is what don't, it is. James, mm -hmm. don't fib. Because mm -hmm. when I came here, mm -hmm. who did I find down low <laughs> turned around? Like he couldn't he he for the for, for sixteen months, he hasn't seen a thing. He's like, finally, that's right. I can see. Poor Go Delicious. I had to rescue Go Delicious. Uh, but uh, let me tell you 
<laughs> Who cries for the children? It's like in, it's like ASPCA commercial. Please uh, help the goat. Say, yes, help, save gun one goat. He hasn't eaten an orc in sixteen <laughs> months. <laughs> He's hungry. So uh, oh, let me tell you a little bit about. So the FedEx in Black Marsh was by Games Workshop. It was a little setting, kind of mini setting. Alvi Fiore was one of the authors, which of course is why I, I ordered it for a ridiculous price. Uh, every village has its meeting place. In Black Marsh, it is the bar of the Fennec Inn, a large stone building overlooking the wharf and river. The battered sign outside pictures a fenhawk, the rare marsh bird of which Fennec is a local corruption. Okay, it's going to get a little better. Okay. The inn, I know, because you're like, this is boring. The yeah, I was ready. Hold on. Oh, that's what I I don't know that that's happening now. Now you don't know what's happening. Well, you can put your here. You can put your cans on, but it's just it's you know, after 16 months of having to keep the headphones on, it's nice not to have that. So. It's liberating. It is. The innkeeper, Staffer, runs the place, helped by his wife Sardis, his son Pamir, who doubles as bouncer. This is my best. This is my favorite part. And Gretton, Sardis's father who is the pot boy and general lackey. Ah, I wish I had the piss boy. The father, though. Yeah. That's kind of rude. It is. Well, know your place, I guess. He's so. an old man. <laughs> He's... I'm not old. I don't want to be well, a burden. Well, well, give yourselves a hand there. Um, the inn that, that you just told me about, I forgot the name of it already. The, Bla the Fennec Inn. In Fennec Inn. Fennec Inn. Very nice. Welcome to Black Marsh. So, um... We have a, we hopefully have an okay show. I know I don't like to keep my expectations down a little bit. So we have some announcements. We're actually going to hold off on our first announcement uh, because it's so important. So if you're waiting for announcements, you'll have to wait till later. But we can talk about the Grognards Guild online. Uh, Brian, Josh, David uh, is playing a Discord post. There's, I think um, one of our folks out there said there's seven games that are associated with Discord that are out there. And some need players and some need DMs. So... Again, if that's something you, if you're not playing first edition because you don't have a local group, go out there. We also have our meetup that uh, Dan set up many moons ago that you're still paying for, which is really nice. Yeah, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Glad you mentioned that. That's right. Shouldn't our patrons be paying for that? <laughs> no, no, apparently not. So apparently they're like, well, I, I don't know. That wasn't approved in the list of. If, if you're this level patron, you're going to be paying for Dan's meetup. So for those who don't know, meetup.com is is how. This all started, right? Dan, you and Ed, uh, your friend, dear friend of ours, you decided, hey, let's we want to play first edition, and that's how you got started, right? So that is correct. Um, so patrons, so we we want to thank our patrons, and we especially want to thank. I will cover all this. We want to thank our dear friend Shen, who is online, who bought us dice. Look at this. This looks very. It's got a bubbler mailer. This is what this is what how the Canadians do it. Wait, but wait a second. But these dice have been encrusted with feces. Right. Why would we need new dice? Well, because these are going to be hopefully interesting. Well, uh -uh. I, I should have opened it beforehand. Duh. But this may take two hours. <laughs> this is the problem with with live. <laughs> this is like cat fruit. See, James. Well, I got the raisinettes on the way over, and I opened the package before. Wow. Wow, what's your... Dude, I'm rolling your strength. Hang on. Look, one, three. You have an eight strength, I have dude. a slightly below average. That's pretty reasonable. So, here we go. All right. 
this is what this is the big reveal. These are the dice that he gave us. So they are custom dice. Get out. And so the dorsal rule, don't need it anymore. Monster Manual 2 or Fiend Folio. Wait, you mean after, after we Rob, Richie did all of this work for that we're going to talk about, giving us instructions of what to do, and now some of it's unnecessary. That right? is correct. Here's a note. Let's read the note. Okay, wait a second. Can I just stop for a second here, James? You've not mentioned anything, because some things have changed. I've returned with the dice tray. It doesn't bother you at all? It is covered in... in, in you know, Pairs. It, you know what this has been through. Yeah. This returns. Yes, and it's just, it's, you may have washed your dice. I'm sure you did not wash the dice no, tray. No, no. I mean the dice tray. Not at all. And the dice are now in there. I'm, it's weird not having a cat running around. Here. I thought you were going to bring a cat. Where's the hellhound? Uh, he's with, uh, he's with, he's with the, the hobgoblin. No, the bugbear. The oldest son. So, look at this. I'm going to read this. And we, and, and we do not know what this says. No, we have no idea. It was a little disturbing. I thought, at first, I thought he pasted the little things like it was. <laughs> I, ha I, ha I, have the, I have the production goblin. That's right. <laughs> Send Bitcoin. Yes. So, uh, greetings, my radiant emperors. Ah, oh, very nice. Oh, I hope this started off well. That's excellent. Good groveling. Very nice. I hope this missive finds both your puissant highness and your gentle families hale and hearty. Please accept these tokens as a sign of my appreciation. Both of your magnificent selves have furnished this, your humble servant, with many hours of knowledge and pleasure. Oh, that's wonderful. I hope that the first set of dice will aid you in your quest for slaying the felon creatures that plague your empire. I hope the second set will alleviate the heavy burden that must trouble all great monarchs, that of making decisions. I have used this yes-no dice in many of my own games when areas of the rules do not clearly communicate their intentions. As all good liegemen of the glorious Grog Emperor know and believe, the dice do not lie. See, your ever humble servant, Shannon. Thank you. The master, his most majestic suzerain, remember? Suzerain, I love that word. Marquise, oh. insurgent terror of Bruce County. And then he has some Latin. Formerly known as the Angry Monk. That is, that is fantastic. Thank you so much. And so now, so we have two dice here. Oh, we have two sets, right? So we have right. the, we have one for the Fiend Folio. Oh, so two of these. Oh, so James, I think we each have a set. Is what's happening. That's right. So we each have our own set, and the first one is for the dorso roll, which is very useful, and because we forget. So really, he's helping us out because he right. knows that we forget what it is. Or, or if we ever break up, we can still, we could run. If there's a grog talk and the whatever grog, you know, when those bands break up and there's like, uh, what was that? Rainbow, and then there's like three different versions of Rainbow that. You well, can Venom, have. Venom Inc. Right, Venom Inc. Right. Right. So if, so if you become Grog yeah. Talk Inc. Grog, I'm yeah, I'm like Dog Talk A W K. Grog Talk. Right. <laughs> Ask me a question, James. Uh, are you happy to be here? No. No, and then with an exclamation, <laughs> with an exclamation point. point. Oh yeah. So we've got no exclamation. No, point but now. no, that's really no. You're not very happy to be here. Do you think we should get, I guess we don't need it now, because this made me, what does this make you think of this die? Think 80s. What does this make you think of? That, well, that little game where you used to, was that the girls used to play, right? The little uh, oh, origami with thing, the right? Oh, yes, yeah. right. Yeah, they, they, yeah. And, you know, are you going to be my boyfriend or my girlfriend? And it was always, they always would be like, oh, no, I'm going to oh. keep doing it. You have to be your boyfriend. There's the answer. That's right. No. The dice don't lie. That's, right. That's good. I was thinking the uh, eight ball. Oh, yes, Which that's right. Which is before the 80s, probably, but, I, right? I have, I have one at work, because people come to me and they ask me questions, and I pull that out. I still do. That's how most of my well, dis now, ma management decisions are done that way. I'm tempted to buy one. 
I don't want to hurt the angry monkey's feelings because this this made me think of right. This time made me think of it because this is. So what you're saying purpose. is, I like this, but I like this other thing better. I'm going to buy it. I'd rather spend money than this free thing. Good job. Well, I like the nostalgia. Okay. That's fine. You can have nostalgia. Okay. Well, thank you very much. We will be using this. I will be I will be placing it with my uh, dice, my Valentine's Day dice that I still use faithfully. So, I like that. I like that both of our set of dice have stories. Yours, yours is the Valentine's pink set. I love this pink and set. Mine is the, the fecal, fecal, fecal encrusted, fecal dice, feline fecal tray dice. All right. Well, with that, thank you again, sir. We are now moving on to heraldry. We are going to give Robert, also known as the Lost Party, the title somewhere in Somerset County. So we are ready to do this. Where's Somerset County? What's in state, Pennsylvania? You know? Oh, okay, very nice. It's in Pennsylvania. Who's the, okay? You're gonna have. Yes, I, I'm the typer. Uh, okay. You are the. You are the uh, roller. the roller. Okay. All right. Hold on. And we're not flipping and turning. We are preparing this because I have typing. to type type this in, and we're typing. That annoys the guest, James. I know. Not the guest. Oh, and I can't turn that off, so <laughs> there's going to be bitterness. All right, so Mr. Uh, Dan, if you would mind, don't mind, a uh, D15. Take a 30 and divide by 2. Hang on. I know. I need to decide if you asked me a question. Oh, yes. Well, yes. Yes, enthusiastic. I will help you, James. Thank you. I will <laughs> get out. <laughs> You're gonna have to you're gonna have hating the angry monk. That's right. You're gonna throw these dice out the window. Where'd those dice go? I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. The hellhound ate them. If you find Godalistics, you find the dice. All right. <laughs> That's right. Exchange. That's right. You said a d30, right? Yeah. Divided by two. Three and a half. Four. Three and a half. So admiral. Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to do both of these? Because you're typing. You're doing a lot of things at once now. Uh, uh I don't want you to get it wrong. Does that? Wow. So, uh, I appreciate it. The Admiral, I assume Robert is a he, so his. Uh, D30, sir. 15. 15, astonishing. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of A's going on there. It's right, it's very alliterative. Is it alliterative? Is that I word? think that's right. Is alliterative the word? Okay, another D30. 16. Grandeur, well, mm -hmm. that blows that, uh, but... Grandeur. I don't think we've had a, someone who's grand in that manner. No. Uh, Fifteen, sir. Oh, I don't know. What I'm Three. At. Three. Well, divide by two. Divide by two, two is two. So, king, grandeur, king. Uh, the, and then I need a d60 this time. You were you're a little uh, premature. Excuse me. Uh, Fourteen. Honorable. All right. And then the last, what is he, what is he known for? Uh, so I need a D30. Nine. It's probably going to be something destroying. Two, four, six, eight. Slayer. The yes. The Honorable Slayer. Do we have a Slayer? We do have a Slayer. West Coast, though. I think it's a West Coast He's Slayer. He's the East Coast Slayer. He's, he is the East Coast. <laughs> represent. Well, this is like when the band splits up, maybe. Like you were saying, the band. Right. We have, well, we have Slayers on both. We cover slaying coast to coast. Mm -hmm. I like that. There's but. not enough happening That's, on the East Coast. So we have a new member of the Grog Empire, Robert, a.k.a. Lost Party. Everyone who's a Robert has an a.k.a. Mm -hmm. We have Menion. Correct. Also known as Rob. We have Robert, also known as Rob, Rob Ritchie. Now we have Robert, also known as Lost Party. It's something about, I would think 
Bob would be the thing they would actually go rob, but not these other names. Do you mm. know why that's the case? Bobby. Bob or Bobby. That's Bobby. True. Perhaps it's there's so many things they want to try a different one. I can't figure that. Alliteration consonants. Oh, see, Shannon's gonna ding me on this. Yes, I, I think I knew what alliteration. Oh, alliteration's only consonants. Oh, I didn't know that. It can't be vowels. Is that right? It's uh, it's that. An assonance. Is it really assonance? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, assonance? There's, there's too many easy jokes there. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's... Yes, you're assonance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're astonishingly assonant. Not Gotta a, have I'll more say, A's. Boo. That's right. Boo. Goodbye. All right. Poor Robert. Probably Robert, they lost party. Sir, we are now, by the powers vested in us, by us. This is strange because now I have to look to the right all this time. Uh, we are now going to provide and bestow the following title. Sir Robert, you will now be forever known as the Admiral, his astonishing grandeur, King. The Honorable Slayer of Somerset County, Pennsylvania. Congratulations. Uh, you, have, you have done it. Oh, and, and apparently Shannon is an English teacher. So how does he listen to this show and not go insane? Oh, well, no. He's, <laughs> you know he's going into school and he's like, all right, folks. Here's a list. He probably gives like excerpts from our show right. as as test questions. These like, are grown men who who cannot are are not proficient in their own language. Don't be like this. Right. Well, if actually because you know what we do do the previously thing. If you want certain videos clipped, uh, just let us know. We as examples of terrible English. Mm -hmm. English you should not do as grown men. He probably does the, the pronunciations are terrible. <laughs> Or awful. <laughs> so can Robert commence slaying now? Now that he's been officially yes, because he, he's probably been waiting. He's probably sitting up in Pennsylvania, and, and there are some people who are going to be slayed, but honorably. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How, it's like a paladin. I am now going to kill you. He, mm -hmm. he announces his his intent. You can be an honorable. Yeah, I think he can be an honorable slayer. Aren't you? Think? That's right. I am coming for you, and you're dead. So David helped. David helped. I wonder what that means. All right. Uh, did you check the uh, chartable things recently? I uh, have checked the chart. You know, we're always terrible in the U.S. Right. Ter just terrible. I, and look, the Grognard Files are an amazing show. Grognard Files, they're from England. They're killing us. <laughs> they're not even from our country. <laughs> they're, they're like, it's not even like close. Right. They're like crushing us in the U.S. I mean, crushing is not really what... When you're zero, when you're unranked, you can't really say, like, we're getting right. crushed. Right. Or they're, like, so much, when, when we're not even ranked. Right. That would be, like, you know, the uh, the Lake Brantley Patriots worrying about the actual New England Patriots. Yeah, being like, yeah, man, we're so angry. Like, the New England Patriots are, like, crushing us. <laughs> no okay. one knows who you are. Exactly. <laughs> we're only popular in Europe. So, no, we've been... Uh, which is strange. Again, it's no one's prophet's never loved in his hometown. That's basically what it is. We're loved in other places. You know what it is? Mm. They don't realize that our English is so bad. <laughs> we sound like their English. That's right. That sound like sound like foreigners, I guess. I don't know. That's great. Do you think anyone is? Do you think anyone's learning to speak English from listening to Grok Talk? Because that happens. There are people say that they learned English. Right, watching TV, right, American TV. Maybe somebody's learning English. Well, I, I did say we, we are getting, uh, I don't have them yet, but on the next show, may, some of us may be sporting new shirts. Oh. 
And, and what I said was, I'm going to send the, these, are, these are the official GrogCon shirts. I'm going to have, we need to wear them to self-promote. That's what this is that all about. A, I, I love when you, you asked me what size shirt. And I said, oh, I don't need a shirt. <laughs> you were unhappy. No, I wasn't happy. Spent a lot, rightfully so. Because you had spent a lot of time putting that together. And you're like, I, it's basically like what the mom who, I spent all this time making this dinner. You're going to eat it. You're going to like it. You're going to like it. I, Adrian, our dear friend from California, designed the logo and spent all this time. Well, that's amazing. And you're like, meh, I'm not interested. So I said, that's fine. I'm just going to send it to foreign countries. Uh, where are we ranked in Australia? It kind of goes back and forth. I don't think we've been ranked recently. I don't think we're doing very well in Australia. We're, we're in David Thompson's, the Chamberlain's heart. That's what matters. We're like, strangely, and will be like number one. Yeah, David Thompson's house. We're number two. <laughs> We're doing Ragnar Files one. Well, number three, he does his own. He does his right. Own he, right, we're number three, and we're not even possibly number one. four because you also have Rob Menyon, who has a great uh, podcast, yeah, uh, Confessions of Wee Timorous Bushy. So we may, I'm not even sure we make the top five in 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 one of our first patrons' house. We've hit, uh, we've cracked the two hundred. Is it, is it every day? It seems like it's downloads per day because we'll strangely be number one in Finland, right? Like, is that, like, that day, like, five people, like, downloaded it? So, okay, ask me if we're ever going to be a top 100 in the U.S. Will we ever be a top 100 in the U.S.? Yes, yes but. but. It's like one day. It's a yes, but. That seems, that seems fair. Okay. Oh, thank you for telling me. Thank you. I will stop rocking. Chase looks older in that rocking chair. Yeah, the pro- problem is I just kind of rock back and forth. I need to stop doing that. So I, oh, publicity, yes. Um, all right, so with that said, one way you can help us is by going out and doing an iTunes review. And we received an iTunes review from uh, Lance, Lance Cannonball. That's a great last name. That is a great name. I have an image of him being shot from a cannon, don't <laughs> Right, you? just launched from here. <laughs> I don't have a gunshot either. You'd think on my little soundboard I would have that, so that's a little <laughs> Uh, like many people, I long for the imagination-driven simplicity and freedom of first edition. Yes, yeah, so I, I agree. Imagination-driven simplicity. Yeah. I find it challenging. And found Grog Talk on YouTube. Like the game itself, these guys are the authentic, real thing. Not some cadre of tarted-up posers, aping AD and D fandom for irony clicks. That's great. That I is like good. that. That is good, right? Tarted-up posers. I, will we ever become tarted opposers? Yes, we can find out. You're right. Man, oh my God. That's what the butt was on the roll. Will we ever be in the top 100? Yes, but you'll be tarted <laughs> opposers. We're going to sell out. Exactly. We're find out. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, true. It's true. We're going to sell out. We'll be right back. Well, We're it's gonna... like, uh, so I was looking at Ozzy mm. in the mid 80s. Right. He's got the hair and he's got the sequins and the, the, the what is that called stuff? Uh, you know, yeah. it's speckled things. Yeah, yeah. those his sparkles. Full he's, of cocaine. He's, he's bedazzled. What were we thinking? Because mm-hmm. he was like, that's the Prince of Darkness? Yeah, it was not the Prince of Darkness. That's, that but that's what it'll be. We're going to be like that. Exactly. <laughs> we're have hair. We <laughs> care. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. So, uh, if you want to rekindle your connection to Gary's original game, all praises to Gary behind me, uh, then this is the podcast you're looking for. Well, thank you for Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And can I let me ask a question about the simplicity? So is first edition AD&D, in some respects, both complicated and simple? 
Is it simple in the respect that you don't have to worry about a lot if you don't want to? So there's not like skills based for everything. Is that the simplicity? Is is AD and D in some respects simple? Well, I think for us, I think it is simple because that's what we grew up with. I think if you look at all the editions, like if I came from third edition, this is way simpler. Or second edition, because they had so many books. And didn't fourth, fourth, wasn't fourth edition really complicated? I mean, fourth, I, well, I, I didn't play it. I mean, I yeah. have all the editions, the core sets, that's kind of just, and I've read most of them, but I have not played it, so I don't know. I think it's a totally different type of, it's much more heroic fantasy. The people who've played it and liked it said it's more of a, you know, you're starting out with a lot more mm-hmm. powers. So I think there is simplicity in the character versus later characters who have a lot more abilities. You can roll up a character first edition in right. like five minutes. But BX is even... Uh, are you wearing trousers? One of us is. One of us is. I'm wearing shorts. It's just This is still a Zoom meeting for me. Hold on. Is, the question is, is James wearing trousers first? That's right. Yes, an exclamation point. Yes. Because the dice are very thankful for that. <laughs> is Dan wearing trousers? No, but. <laughs> I have no but. Yes. Well, you know, some could argue that. Right, yes. James, I have a contribution for the Grog Talk Studio. I've come with a gift for the Grog Talk Studio. Mm. So let me tell you a little bit of backstory about this. What I was going to do was I was going to buy this garden gnome, this armored garden gnome. I don't know if you've seen this online. No, I, I've seen Vic send a bunch of things, and not my cheap $1 ones. That no. Yeah. No, there's this, you know, garden gnome. Mm-hmm. And he's in, in armor. Full very armor. Very cool. Very right. cool. Right. And I was going to uh, get it, and I was going to just stick it in your front yard without saying it, which I know I'm sure would your wife would be thrilled about. I would, actually, I'd be, I would be, because that would be one place where weeds would not grow that I would have to pick. So put as many garden gnomes oh, as you'd like. I can get an army. You could put as many as you want out there, because all I do out there is pick weeds, so that would be great. So I ordered this. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. And it's arrived. Oh, it has. <laughs> I didn't check the dimensions. It's Stonehenge. It's, it it's a Spinal Tap. Yes. Uh, Stonehenge. My daughter. My daughter looked it up. She went to past orders on Amazon, and she noticed it was like one star. Like every review was angry. She's like, Dad, you didn't check the reviews. I think what might have happened. It's a bit of a blur. I think what might have happened is I found it. And then I sound down below, you know, where it's other sellers. Right. And me being the cheapskate I am, right. I went for the cheap one. And I must have then not checked those Check. reviews. Yeah. So here, it is the Stonehenge, the Spinal Tap Stonehenge. So, so here he comes. Go, you know what? This is perfect. Go Delicious can just nibble. <laughs> there. Because a giant goat is perfect That's now. Right. It makes exactly. sense, right? So Go Delicious is eating. So there he is. So sorry, James. It didn't quite turn out the way. The well, hilarity did not ensue. Actually, it's, be- it's way better than, than <laughs> I could imagine. We are kind of a spinal tap show. <laughs> it, was in, it was in threat of being overrun by, no, by little people or whatever they said on the spinal tap thing. Were, were the druids come out? <laughs> That's right. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. You got to think. where they came from, the little armored gnomes. There you go. Wow, you've got a song. For, you are 
Full surprises. Hey, clap for myself. Yay. Look at me. Well, I told you that we should have Grog Talk the Musical at some point. Grog Talk the Musical. Oh, wait a minute. Menion wants to come on. We, oh. we are Grog Talk. I know people have not, have not called us in forever. Well, we were so stuck in the 80s. You pretty much more so than me, of true. course. True. That's true. That you didn't realize that no one calls in anymore. People, they text, they you know, WhatsApp or something. Welcome back to Grog Talk, the delayed edition. And we have our dear friend, Menyon, also known as Rob, all the way from Japan. How are you, sir? Yeah, no, uh, very good, yeah. Sorry for throwing the uh, spanner in the works there, right? To, sir, if it was to... a problem, it would not, it, we would tell you that. What, so what happened was, what do you Is James think? telling the truth? Is, I am telling the truth. I don't care what that dice says. Oh, no! no. <laughs> James is very angry at you, man. No, I am not angry yeah, yeah. at him. The dice don't lie. Uh, no, I am not. I am not angry at him. I am, in fact, anti-angry at him. So what happened was uh, with Skype and the streaming, if I, I have to, because privacy is important, you have to turn the switch on to say, hey, you're being recorded. That switch right. was not on. That's why it wasn't working. So I, I blew it up. I blew up the stream because I'm a moron. That's a big losing okay. for me. So it's not you. So with that, Rob, you wanted to come on. This is Grog Talk, the show, by the way. We are supposed to have people on the show. Well, when we put our phone number on there and say call the Grog line, <laughs> yeah, we exactly. can't be upset when yeah. people want to call the Grog line. Right, exactly. Uh, hey, hey, guys, you know, I've waited like, what, how many, how many episodes to call this line? I've been threatening, threatening to call you for... Probably like 40 episodes. That's right. <laughs> so so yeah. you wanted to talk oh, about uh, you wanted to talk about the difference between AD and, and 5E because for those who listen to yeah. his podcast, Confessions of Wee Timorous Bushi, he, he documents, chronicles not only his musings on tabletop role playing, but also his campaign. So, Rob. Wait, is this a commercial? It's always a commercial. For his podcast? Is that what's going on here? Yeah. Didn't you? I, I had, uh, do you, you didn't see the yen deposits no. in our account for that? No. <laughs> the Bitcoin? No, no, no. I mean, I have nothing to offer commercially. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, like uh, recently, so I'm, I'm running a old school essentials campaign, which is very much uh, totally basic expert D&D, you know, the uh, old Mulvey 1981 uh, style D&D. And I'm also doing a, uh, I've started a five, fifth edition campaign. Can I ask you a, um, you a question right off the bat? Why yeah. are you using a, and, and I'm not criticizing you, but just out of curiosity. Why am I using? Why, yeah, why are you using a retro school? clone as opposed to the original? <laughs> just out of curiosity. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good question. Yeah, Part of the reason is that I don't actually have basic mold for mm -hmm. <laughs> Very simply. I mean, I'm very, I could easily get hold of it. Um, those those things from uh, you know DMs Guild or something like that, but but um, Old School Essentials is really cool because of the layout. Yeah, that's the book. That's a wonderful book, and it's it's a fantastic book. And I think I'm more drawn to that. <laughs> but but Old School Essentials is uh, really cool in that the the layout is is good. It, 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 everything is is. Um, displayed across one or two pages and so you've got the combats on two pages you've got dungeon exploration or wilderness exploration on two pages you've got this on one page everything's um, laid out with bullet points and it's um 
it's a beautifully laid out and uh, um, like intuitive way of displaying the rules as they were written, uh, as they were written. So it's, it, it is a retro clone, but it's not, it doesn't deviate from the original Moldvay rules. Um, and, that, and that's a really good point for old school essentials, but that's getting away from the point. So I'm, I'm doing fifth edition as well. And the reason for that, uh, I was probably cut off earlier. I, I don't know. I don't know if this was recorded early, but basically the fifth edition, you know, I, I got, came back into the hobby through fifth edition. And then I, I had, you know, some mixed, mixed experiences with that. And I wasn't very satisfied. And, um, sometimes I've been quite, uh, vocal in my dissatisfaction. <laughs> and, and, um, you know, I've taken some of that on board, some of the sort of criticism. And so we thought we'd, we'd try fifth edition. And so we've got these two campaigns, separate campaigns, going on at once and it's 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 really weird and it's it's quite fascinating how the different these two this 1981 style rule set works and you know the the 2017 rule set works uh, yeah sorry so rob so did you go in a deep freeze like we did and like you know because we oh yeah, right, yeah, you yeah. Were, you were out for a while as well yeah yeah so i you know i i um I'd been traveling. I went to university in Scotland and I, I stopped playing after the first year or something. And, and then um, I studied a lot and I was up to all sorts of shenanigans, you know, as you do when you're a university student. And then I, w- I went to Canada as well for a year because uh, I'm half Canadian and I wanted to take some time out, which is where I met my wife. And then I ended up coming to Japan, which is my wife is Japanese. Um, and um, yeah, you know, I you know I I got I had a job, got out of university, got a job, had a got married really quick, got had a child really quick, and I just every all that stuff, all the fancy stuff was too too kind of like I don't know far flung. It was you know I didn't have any time for that. I was trying to get a grip with reality. Mm. Um, so I just dropped out of the hobby, and so only really in the past few years, I, um, my, my, you know, my kid is now nineteen, and so I've had a bit more freedom in my in my life, and it's been possible to sort of come back and look at some of these things that I was interested in, in the past. And so, yeah, uh, obviously, D and D is pretty major. <laughs> when you when you got back into the game. Uh, coming out of the deep freeze, did you assume, like I did, that fifth edition was all anyone was playing? Were you even familiar uh, with the old school revival? No, I didn't know anything about the old school revival. I just saw fifth edition, and it, it had come out. So it had come out in the Japanese translation, and I saw it in Japanese, and I was just blown away. I was blown away. Uh, I just thought, I mean, it's D&D, right? Hard, new hardback, 5th edition, and it's in Japanese. And I was like, oh, man. I mean, this is must be really big. You know, because I didn't even know Japanese people role-played. <laughs> and that's a huge thing. I mean, I, I, I've listened to other folks, and yeah. they've taken D&D. But, they, you know, they've obviously, a lot of cultures have taken the idea of role-playing and then taken their own yeah. history as opposed to, 
Oriental Adventures. I had to bring up Oriental Adventures because it's, yeah. uh, you know, where back in the day, right, in the 80s, we, D&D started doing milieus for all the other cultures, I, in a loose term. Whereas I think a lot of folks said, well, we can create our own tabletop. So, but you did the same thing too, right? Dan, when you started, you got Osterich first. I mean, you, did you have the books or did you use Osterich first and then you got the book? No, I got Osterich first because I, I, I can't really remember why I got Osterich first. But it is, I mean, the nice thing about retro clones, as Mennion points out, is that they, they reduce the amount of flipping and turning. <laughs> they, they're, they're right, <laughs> single volume. It was pretty cheap. And I, I think Osric and Retro Clones are, are great for the reasons that Manion's mentioned. Number one, you know, it's, a lot of this stuff is expensive, right? I mean, Unless you have your original book that still right. has your it's, name in it there from 1981. So. Who's that? That's, that's uh, my book. That, that's, yeah. Oh, man, that's amazing. When I type that thing in, this is... And I, and I have mine original. You're not Ed Dormandy. Of course you're I am. That's my Ed, real name. Ed what? Dormandy, if you're out here, he has your book. Is, let's see, is Dan Gormansky my real name? Let's roll, okay? No, oh, that's an explanation point. I am <laughs> Ed Dormandy. You're not Ed Dormandy. I'm Ed Dormandy. So, yeah, no, they're expensive. And... They look, they're kind of trash. The only, they are kind of trash. That's for me. The only thing that I don't like about uh, Osric, and Osric is very good, is that it does change some of the first edition rules. If I it does. Right? Yeah, that, that, that annoyed me, and that, the deviation. You don't get that in um, old school essentials, which is what is attractive. I think, yeah, if, it, the Osric is so good in that, but that small thing where it deviates from the original rules, where you don't have the 18100, it goes to 19 strength. That really oh, bugged me. Oh, I don't me. even think I noticed that. So that, yeah, that does. That really bugged me. That did. Eighteen one hundred is is AD and D. You take that out, and it's just. I think. You know. I think what I I think the re, one of the reasons why I got Osric was because I discovered the the OSR movement, and I assumed if the OSR movement was retro clones, and I don't think I really realized people were still buying, still had. The original books. The old, the old, yeah. Yeah, so I think I just yeah. thought I was doing what the OSR movement was doing. That's what you do. You get a retro clone. And it wasn't until later I'm like, well, wait, why Why do I have a retro clone? I want the real deal. So, <laughs> well, so Manion, tell us about, the, you know, we love to joke about, you know, first editions, the best, blah, 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 edition wars, because it's, well, okay. Because it's, it's our show. If we, we what else would we talk about? Raise in 1981. <laughs> That's right. So we need we need to have some sort of hook. So so is there really a difference when you're playing the game at the table? Like I always point back to. I can't remember. Was it Ed Greenwood who said we asked him what edition yeah, he plays? He said all of them. He, he said, said all they, of or them. doesn't play any. They just he sits down and he plays. Right. So is there <clears throat> besides maybe some quibbles? Is is a game? Would it have a different vibe a, a basic game versus a fifth edition game i, I think it's a massive difference tell, tell I, I i um uh, i i think if you don't really pay too much attention to the details of the rules then there's not a big difference right um and that's maybe what ed greenwood was referring to but i think if if you focus on the rules and, you, and you're not role-playing uh up 
forefront and you're doing, you're working through the rules or around the rules, then it really is so different. It really is so different. And I, I've, I've started to, well, I think it's, it's weird because, you know, back in the day, we didn't use henchmen. And I've started to realize that henchmen are really essential to old school rules, first edition, basic D&D, all that stuff, you know, original D&D. Um, and it, it's taken me, so part of it is actually playing fifth edition has made me realize this, you know, why it doesn't, why is fifth edition so heroic? And it, when you play fifth edition, it's, the game is upped. Everybody's more powerful. People complain about this, but part of the reason is that that's the game that people were working towards. You know, people were complaining about the rules because they just, they don't want to, they don't want to mess around with, you know, extra henchmen and all that sort of thing. So they just wanted to play like these heroes. And I think over the years, they've focused more and more and more and more on that kind of play. And so the result is fifth edition. And it, it, it is exciting, you know. I mean, the fifth edition characters drop quite easily, as easily as the first edition characters, but they'll, they might jump up again. <laughs> A little bit quicker, you know. Rob, um, we got a request. Can you walk around Kyoto while you're talking? Because in your podcast, you're, you're constantly running around, and, and some of some of the folks yeah. online are like, "This just not the same." Having you travel through it's, some. It's parts. five past ten, so everything's pitch black. <laughs> With not much to see. <laughs> then. There's not a lot to see. I can stand out on the. Yeah. And a white, guy walking, a white guy walking around at night okay. in the middle of Kyoto just talking to himself. I mean, how bad that's could that be? That's no. a show. Let's, yeah, get out there. Come, come on, Rob. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Nobody so, would blink an eyelid, you know. Can we, can we talk about henchmen for a second? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd love to, yeah. I, I think that's really essential to old school play um, henchmen and things like that. And, yeah. okay, and, I've and, started to think that. Well, and that's that's what I wanted to follow up on because I like you. When we back in the day, we didn't use henchmen almost ever. Uh, James, did you guys use henchmen? all the time? All okay. And I agree with with Mendian that this apparently was you know very much an old school thing because I think Gary, I I think Gary fits in B two in Borderlands where Gary says right. you may want to have like eight henchmen or something. Right. You know, the only thing that I don't like about henchmen is it, I would be concerned, and I think we've talked about this before, that it's easy for the players to abuse them, right? The DM really has to have control over the henchmen and, and role-play the henchmen. They, they can't, I mean, if, are, oh, are we in trouble here, nope, James? No, that's fine. I'm listening. I'm watching. Oh, okay, because we're circling up there on the, oh, okay. And I'm hearing noises. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. It's connected. It's good. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So, uh. <laughs> I would be concerned that one of the things that I love about first edition is the danger. And I love the fact that, okay, who's going to push that button when it's, Hey, how about if the henchman pushes that button, which I realize the DM should be like, Hey, henchman's going to be like, are you crazy? But, but aren't you, are, are you at all many concerned that having henchmen takes, in some respects, away from what many of us remember old-school gaming to be like, which is imbued with all of that danger to your character. Uh, I lost a little bit at the end of there, but I got the, I got the general gist. And I, I, think, I, think, um, I think the tendency for players is to shy away from henchmen. 
they don't want henchmen. Uh, and the rules um, also sort of uh, push people away from henchmen, and that's part of the problem. So they henchmen, to me, I've started to feel are like, um, you know, like back in the day we had arcade games where you had so many lives. You die and you die again and you die again. And you put in, in America, maybe you put in another quarter yeah. and you get so many more lives, right? Uh, and that kind of mentality that you die but you can jump up again is sort of like worked into the, the game way games worked back in the day, I reckon. Uh, and um, with, with henchmen, you have these arms and eyes and legs that you can use beyond your own character. And it, it creates, like, it, it puts a charisma stat up front. So the charisma uh, is something that, you, you know, your henchmen aren't automatons, right? So they have um, a will of their own and they can, if they're not paid properly, they will rebel and they have loyalty and stuff like that. And your charisma, um, your charisma uh, sort of affects that, right? And then anyway, you, 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 you know, charisma is useful. You've got these extra arms and legs, although they're not 100% uh, uh, reliable. And, uh, you know, you can send off somebody to open that chest that's got a poison trap. And they open the chest and they die. Uh, and um, you know your character survives, and um, and it the whole system suddenly makes sense. I think when you use henchmen, you know the save or die. The, all the, the the lethality of the early editions is kind of put into perspective once you start to think of um, the characters not as um, not as how can I say uh, like these major heroes but as forces and they have all these kind of characters moving around them uh, just like in like uh, Clash of the Titans or Jason and the Argonauts or something like that you know well, Sinbad doesn't work on his own he has all these right. folk moving around him right and that's that's what uh, the early editions do I think well I'd like you to interview me for a henchman position because you, you mentioned that the henchman's the one who tries to open the poison trap. And and, and by the way, in my game, when, when we ran old school games, no henchman would ever do that. He'd say go go. No, but go, you could do a loyalty role, right? You go sort of do loyalty roles and stuff like this. Well, he no. would not do well, I'm sorry. A, a, a henchman may. A hireling would never do. That. <laughs> okay. Someone who's making some, uh, okay, okay, someone who's okay, making okay, two okay, silver okay, pieces okay. a thing as a you know he's a uh, a bearer or you know again AD and D had different types of hirelings and henchmen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. A henchman <laughs> would, but he he would say, "Oh, if I'm opening it, I'm getting the gold." Basically. <laughs> Are you flipping and turning? Yeah, of I, course. Well, Are we going to flip and turn? What's the difference? I know you guys have told me. It's, this is about you told me. No, this, I think. What's the difference between? There was a difference. Yeah, there's a difference between Hire, the way that basic D and D does it yeah. and A D and D does it. Yeah. So in B two, which is where you know, oh. oh, is that the grog line? Oh, look at this. Is this <laughs> again? The glossary has hench. Okay, henchman, a low level NPC whose loyalty is to one member of the party. Correct. So hen okay, and I know you know all this, but I don't know. This. A hireling is an NPC hired to accompany a party or employed by some other temporary... So a hireling is for the party? Is it as simple right. as that? Hireling is for the party? Henchman is for a player? Yes, a hireling 
And again, AD&D splits it up, as Rob said. Back in basic, they were kind of synonymous. And our, my formation of it came from B2. Like you said, you could go to B2, you could go to the inn, and you could recruit spearmen or whatever. And they were kind of henchmen, but they only got paid a limited amount you could afford. But they were limited in what they did. They wouldn't be charging the, the ogre. They were basically there as your reserve, or they had bows so that when the party got too much into it, they could fall back. They wouldn't do any kind of craziness. A hireling, though, is like your sages, your sappers, these kind of things, your bearers. They have a task that you need to get done. Oh, so they're like the mapper, right. or they'll keep the horse and feed the, the link horse. boy. Right. The link boy would be a hireling. Okay. Unless he became unless he became an understudy of a player character, then he would be a henchman. Sorry, Rob, we're, we're rambling. Go figure. Go ahead. So you had a question with that, Dan? Well, so a henchman is a... So a henchman paid? Yes. Oh, Hench, they are paid. Henchmen are paid, and they also get a cut of the, sh- of the share. But they're loyal. But they're loyal to a player. They're loyal employees of the player. They, they have independent contract. No, they're loyal employees to, to the... Em- to the person that hired them, which is why there's a whole dissertation about how you have to recruit them. I like the first line that Gary has for henchmen. Henchmen, whether male or female, are greatly desired by the discerning players. Right. For they usually spell the difference between failure and success in the long-term view. So so there are henchmen, because like Rob said, to me, well, all my players and the, the games we play... They all, the first thing they want to get to town, can we hire someone? Is what about this person? Because they always want to have, in, we're, we're attacking some orc, uh, uh, what's orc, it's this fort that has been uh, taken over by orcs and ogres. We have six spearmen, five something. You know, we just go around and recruit people because that's kind of, uh, that's the mindset that my group has. I think what happened in fifth yeah. edition, Rob, at least my, my son, you know, the production goblin runs 5th edition. His friends want pets and all these things. You know, they want all the little accoutrements, which are basically substitutes for henchmen. They all want their little pets and fancy things. So there's always multiple NPCs. So I'm sorry. What's that? That's my take on it, Rob. Wait, can I? Yeah. I'm going to ask you guys some questions. This what? is henchman interview etiquette, okay? Is there really an etiquette? Yes, there is, oh, excuse sir. Me. I'm sorry. Yes, there is. There oh, so is, Rob, yeah, yeah. you should mention you should do well on this, okay? I'm asking you. I don't know. All right, well, let's find out, gentlemen. You need to learn this. You need to go to Henchman Interviewing Etiquette School. Okay, when a (laughs) character, a prospective henchman, arrives to be interviewed, should you enspell him or her? (laughs) It says enspell. Should you enspell them? I assume, like, charm. Yeah, enspell. Like, should you charm them? Right, when you. Is that that considered good? (laughs) Enspell? What kind of English language is that? That's Gary. That's That's, Gygaxian. That's Gygaxian. (laughs) Carry language. So, should you enspell him or her? What do you say? Is that appropriate or inappropriate? I think that's fairly even back in the day. I think that's fairly inappropriate. Yeah, even isn't for it? the eighties. Even for the eighties. All right, James. What do you say? Even. I would no, say you're not supposed to. Yes, the dice say no, and you are correct. Uh, that is inappropriate, except possibly, okay, what, there are a couple of spells possibly it would be appropriate to do during your interview. No alignment? Okay. Uh, Menion, do you agree with that? No alignment? Do you think that might be appropriate? Yeah, I think okay. that's good, yeah. You are both yeah. correct. Ooh. And, a, and there's one other one. 
Well, I would go with detect lie, but that seems rude. So I wouldn't say detect lie. Um, That's true. It shouldn't be rude, but I guess it is. Oh, I have no idea. I, I have no I idea. I don't know why this one is here, because I would have thought no alignment. Detect good or evil. But you got to be really evil, oh, yeah. right? right? We've been through this before. Right. Evil isn't just like you're like a thief, a right. neutral evil thief. You have to be high enough level. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? I mean, no alignment should cover that. I, I don't okay. get that. Yeah. Should you... Yeah. Uh, uh, physically search the applicant. <laughs> this, Definitely okay, not. Okay, Mannion, this is the 80s, though. It's a TSA. I, I, I don't it's know a if TSA. you're giving a 20. Are you giving a, uh, a, a, a modern? A modern version? Can you imagine that? You go in for an interview. Okay, turn around. Got <laughs> <laughs> you down. <laughs> Spread Eagle. <laughs> yeah, that was a terrible, great album yeah. from Pseudo Dead, Spread Eagle. That was Spread great. Eagle. I mean, let's, let's face it. Let's face it, you know. Of course they're carrying weapons, yeah. right? That's what you're hiring them for. That's right. You're searching them to make sure they are carrying something. Why are you not carrying a knife? What's wrong with you? Yeah. Uh, uh, it is. It is in. It is inappropriate. Yeah, that is correct, gentlemen. It's to say nothing. Though he's saying something. To say nothing of physically searching him or her. Okay. Direct questions about alignment and religion. Appropriate or inappropriate? Um, that that's always been inappropriate. I yeah. think I think Gary would say that. He said that's rude to do that. <laughs> yeah, James, yeah, I like the way you put that. Usually taken poorly is Poor. what he says. So, yeah, so yeah, you yeah, learned yeah, something yeah. about yeah about interviewing. Okay. Hey, so Menu, while we're here, why don't we audible since he's here? Let's do. Have you ever do a bard while he's on? Would you like to play the game? Have you ever? Uh, why? I think I died already. That's okay. You can. We don't remember. We don't. Dan doesn't it's remember. Fifth edition, you're back up. It's fifth edition. We revivified you. You're Wait, back. Wait, hold on. No, let's see. Can Menion be can, revived? Can, I'm just yes. going to move over to so just so I've got a power source. Okay. These you dice know, are, my... in fact, amazing. These dice are amazing. It's a, these dice have been spot on. Well, I don't know why I say. It. Of course, they're spot on. I'm just they're all, the dice don't lie. Right. So, so we're go, we're going to audible, and we're going to now do. Have you ever played a bard in? Uh, attacking, what is he attacking? Omaha, Omaha. Omaha, exactly. He's been, He's I don't know if you can see this, uh, my videos. I hope I'm not making anybody sick. <laughs> no, he's not going it's outside. Like it's, it's, it's a natural it's reaction. Like it's he's like going outside. He's going outside. Look, hey, look for the Assassin's Guild. Is that the Grog line? We have someone on the Grog line. Just so we're, we're now doing the adventures of running north, or north running. No yeah. Have you ever no played a bar infiltrating the assassin's guild with north running? Yeah. Our hero. I'm running north, yeah. I'm not running. Poor Rob's like, did I really sign up for this? Yes, you did. I'm not running. Yeah. That's right. That's normal. That's why. You never know. Okay. All right, we're ready. Okay, so um, Menion back from the grave. He's, he's been a cleric has helped you out, uh, Menion. And so uh, obviously you pop right back up, and we are continuing to look for the Assassin's Guild. This is, of course, the segment where you get to play a bard infiltrating the Assassin's Guild. It is from First Encounter Magazine back in the 80s by John Frazier, who is uh, getting uh, mixed reviews. People mm -hmm. can like uh, hit or miss, we feel, right? I think some of these have been great. Other ones uh, people have taken issue with. Uh, I'm sure he could not care oh, less. Losing the vocal. Can you hear us now? Hello, Isn't hello. Sound? You got us? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear I can hear you. Yeah, I lost uh, Dan a little no, bit there. No worries. Uh, how are you? Okay, can you hear me now? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. So last time, James, as you may yes. recall, we were in the garden of, of good and evil. We still have not gotten close to the Assassin's Guild. We are trying to rescue the uh, daughter of the Merchant Chancellor, right? Aurora is the daughter, and we are searching for her. We were, yes, we saw there was a, uh, a ruckus going on between a lot of assassins. The Pounds Guard and the Assassins. And we, we saved the day. So now that the fight is over, the Palace Guard Captain thanks you for your most timely assistance. The Captain would be happy to lend you several men for your mission. Wow. Henchmen. There you go. Would these, what would these be? Henchmen the or dice hirelings? Don't these, these would be hirelings. Because they're not loyal to us. That's right. I'm learning. Okay. The Captain would be happy to lend you several men for your mission. So obviously the lesson we've learned is we should accept them, right? Absolutely. Okay. But they're assassins. I already know that. I killed them as soon as we leave the leader. Well, but these are the guards we're getting, right? One of them's an assassin. You know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Wait, what? I, I forgot. Oh, have I missed important information? Everyone's an assassin. Everyone we've met has been an assassin or a thief. Oh. Yeah. They're all pretty okay. horrible. But you know that the soldiers would attract too much attention. Therefore, you decline his offer. Oh, wow. He shrugs his shoulders and gives you... <laughs> Have you watched Grog Talk? Why don't you take him? He shrugs his shoulders and gives you sketchy directions to the Guildhouse location. He knew it all along? Finally. If only he... Finally. If only he could have been hanging out in that bar. This all could have been could have gone skipped right to this one. Somewhere in the woods north of here. That's it? Okay. No, there's more. Oh, and beware of the beasties that roam in the forest at night. With that advice, he wishes you the best of luck. Oh, well, here we go. You walk out of the city and into the night, traveling northward. After northward, after a few hours, you approach the edge of the forest. The night sky is clear and starry. As you enter the woodlands, five or six giant ticks fall out of overhead branches. What? Really? Yes. Five or six giant ticks. Oh, they're lethal. These are terrible monsters. Well, well, um, I mean, poison isn't save or die in, in first edition, is it? No, it's not oh. poison, but they have an amazing armor oh, class, don't they? Find out. Um, oh. Yeah, they have a good armor class. They're pretty, pretty dangerous. They suck your blood. Okay, well, here they go. Five or six giant ticks fall out of overhead branches and land. Five or six? That's horrible. I mean, why would they be so Oh, do they smell? Do they uh, sense your blood? Be- these are wee timorous beasties. They said someone just said, Yeah, well, really. So. Well, they're, pr- they're pretty big, but yeah, they're just, <laughs> hopefully they'll kill us. Hopefully they'll kill us. Hopefully they'll kill some of the uh, followers well, instead. We no, we didn't take them because we're idiots. We turned them down. Yeah, we didn't we turn them oh, down because it would be too but, obvious a, a giant cadre of folks going there. It's all right. So, oh, yeah. So let's, what, are the, okay. what are the choices? Am I, are we permitted to look up John? I guess I can't look oh, up foolish. John Tick, can I? We can't look it up yeah. until after we make our choices. Well, this is supposed to be playing a bar, yeah, not fighting a giant. You know, this is not bar. This is not, have you ever fought a giant tick? This is, have you ever played a bar? You know what I mean? Okay. Yes. Yeah. I agree. But you're still rejecting well, me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a tent. I don't Ooh, know. There you go. That's what you get. You go ahead. All right. Number one. Number one. Number one. Cast yeah. fairy fire on ticks and attack with dagger. Aren't they on us? That's a lot they're, of ticks. And they're on you. Sure Should I really be using a dag? Well, I don't know. Two, cast fairy fire on ticks and attack with sword. Three, oh, James, this is your favorite. I'm going to do this one. Control temperature. Yeah, of course. 
<laughs> this is gonna bug you the entire yeah, time. I disagree with him. Ten foot, no, that, ten foot radius and burn the rotten things off. It's like bed bugs. You're trying to. Except the problem is you're in the middle of the fire. There's no. It's. I'm not. I've said wait, my piece. Wait. Wait. What are you saying? Are you saying when you use control temperature, you think it'll affect you, the player character, too? Yes, for the four hundredth time. Yes, I think so. Four. Run. Run. Hoping to jostle them off. That's you should pick that one, James. Five. Attack with sword. Six. Attack with dagger. Seven. Oh, we're in the forest, James. Cast entangle and attack with dagger. They entangle me. Eight. Possibly. Ca cast tree. What is tree? Oh, tree. Ooh. And hope the ticks fall off. I turn into a tree. You, you, if you. Oh, I'm so doing that. that tree. tree. It's a spell apparently called tree, which I think, have we done that? Is that the one that has the picture of like a tree? Like three weeks? That That's been mass a morph. Oh, we did mass morph. Okay. I don't but know. It's similar. Tree. I don't tree. Mm -hmm. uh, what's, that was eight? Why don't you make like a tree? And leave. Nine. <laughs> turn. <laughs> Are you going to go? I was thinking of going to see Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I don't think it looks very good. Yeah, Are you going to go tonight? I'm, I'm tired of Steven Spielberg. George Lucas this is This is 1981. I saw, oh, I see, right? Uh, I Close Encounters, meh. Four notes. Da, da, I'm going to go. I'm gonna wait and see the reviews. Okay. okay. Nine. Yes. Turn into a bird and fly off. Ooh. Jesus, I'll can, fly away. Birds? Can I can just turn into a bird? No. Okay. Yeah, I like that. That's well, James good. is not sure yeah. you can actually do it, so be careful. I don't know how you could turn by itself. I don't think they get that change shape, but druids do. Do they get any clerical spells at 10th level? I don't know. Uh, they get spells. a bunch of druidic spells. I don't know how many. But what's the last one? Turn into a bear and rip them off with your paws. Oh, very much like our cave bear. So this guy must be high enough level where he can get shape change? That's amazing. Shape change, yeah. It was a high-level bard, right? So I don't know yeah, if they can do that. But I'd fly away, actually. But that sounds tricky, doesn't it? It sounds like I'm going to die if I choose fly away as a bird. Yeah, because you may just have a big... Uh, temperature change? All right, I'll read them off again to you. One is fairy fire. And then attack with dagger. Dagger. Two is fairy fire with sword. Three is control temperature. And four is run. Five is attack with sword. Six is attack with dagger. Seven is entangle. Then attack with sword, I think it is. Eight is dagger. Turn, a dagger. Eight is uh, tr turn into a tree. Nine is fly away as a bird. Ten is become a bear and attack. Uh, I, I'm. Mm. I'm let, let our guests go. My apologies. I'm tempted to let our guests go first. Very good. See, excellent. Well done. I'm can so you scroll back? I'm can not... you go to the first part? I want to see his abilities. That is fine because you would have the character sheet. I would have the character sheet. So go ahead. Oh, I don't ignore it if I wrote something bad about it. So he is saying, so one of the things he's saying, because he is a freaking 12th level bard, he can turn into a bird, reptile, mammal three times a day. So that's very similar to a druid. Mm. Wow. Okay, so, yeah. I, I can't remember the song, the Queen's song, but yeah, yeah. Spread your, uh, spread your wings and fly away. Yeah, I'm going to go fly, fly, fly. fly. Away. Wait, that's the Beatles, isn't it? Things and fly away. Peaceful. Yeah, hey, you do that. That's a really simple so, kind of so like Rob, escape. you are doing, you're going to be doing number nine. I think so, Jonathan's yeah. Jonathan's doing ten, Shannon's doing two. You have three or four more seconds, folks. What are you choosing while you're doing that? Dan, you can go. Which Thank one? you, sir. I am doing eight. I'm on treat because that's kind of sound like a cool spell. I'm going to try to treat. Now, I realize they may not fall off because... Ticks may just hang onto a tree. Right. So a tr what you do is you physically, you do become a tree for one turn per level. So you'll be a tree for like three hours. Or you can always turn it off. I, the reason I know this is because I'm playing a druid in the 
campaign uh, <laughs> that my friend Tom Am was I an running. oak tree, you think? You could be whatever tree you'd like to what be. What kind of tree would you be if you were a tree? I think I would be elder. Elder, elder tree with elder. Elder, elder berries? <laughs> That's right, of course. Oak? Oak? oak. oak. I'd be a bamboo. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. So that's oh, that's because one e bards are druids. Okay, so uh, Rob took nine. Bird as well. So uh, the smart people took bird. I'm going to take. Uh, I want to attack. Mm. I want to entangle and see. I want to see what this guy says about entangle. It should be very bad for me, but I'm going to say entangle and attack. That's what I'm going to do. And just to let you know, I've been remiss in mentioning our sponsor. Oh yes, who is our sponsor? Okay, so this. Uh, edition of Have You Ever Played a Bard is brought to you by Stuff and Nonsense at 245 High Street Northeast in Salem, Oregon. Uh, rent a game dealer, used games, out of print games, game parts. They do mail order. They take both Visa and MasterCard. You can reach them at 370-8982. And uh, that's interesting because there's a convention. I want to mention there's a convention coming up in Oregon, GameCon 1, James, June 26th, 28th a role-playing and wargaming event sponsored by Game Alliance in Salem, Oregon. It's going to be held at the Chemeketa Chemeketa Community College in Salem. Like in Salem. Salem. So it's a Salem. Burn them. Uh, oh, that's a different Salem. Chabonda. That's This is a West Coast hmm. Salem. Scheduled tournaments, James, include D&D, Shooting Stars, Traveler, Rail Baron, Third Reich, Fire and Steel, Bushido, Space Opera, Ace of Aces, Empire of the Petal Throne, mm-hmm. In the Labyrinth, Rune Quest, Diplomacy Plus Miniature Battles, Special Offerings, Atari Video Games on an 80-inch <laughs> screen, and wow. film, film screenings, an OCF chess tournament, a business dealer area, registration just $6 per person for all three days, $3 per single day. Contact Game Alliance by mail or at 503-370-8982. Okay. Very good. Thank, you, re- thank, um, you, thank you to them for sponsoring this event. Yes, thank you, uh, Stuff and Nonsense. They'll probably be there, don't you think, at the convention? Uh, do they still exist? Probably not. What do you mean, do they still exist? <laughs> it's 1981. Okay, uh, it's 1981. Would, Why would they be? They just took out wondered. an ad. Why would, Why would they already be out of business? How bad do you think they are? All right. Well, it's a long time ago. <laughs> not for us. For <laughs> us for, yeah, yeah. Has he been drinking? I think he has been. It's 1981. Yeah, okay. We live in 1981, okay. clearly. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. F, all right, here we go. Number one. What was number one, James? Number one was Fairy Fire Dagger. Did anyone choose one? No. Good. Take 25 hit points before killing them. Okay, you took 25 damage. From your own, from your own (laughs) blade. That's right. (laughs) Right on through. Stop hitting yourself. (laughs) Yes. Okay, number two, that was the... uh, Fairy Fire with Sword. Okay, 17 hit points, so apparently better to use a sword. Okay, three control temperature. Did anyone do three? No. They should learn their lesson. Do three. Three's always a winner. Right. You fried them all. <laughs> so bad. James, why are you so bad at this? So bad. How come so, you don't know the rules? So wrong. I don't like it. What was four? Four was run. <laughs> Wishful thinking. You're dead, pal. Did wow. anyone run? No, no one ran. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's you a terrible that idea. Cool. Wow, if you took four, you run. Wow. What was five? Attack with sword. <laughs> Doing it the hard way. Take 27 hit points before killing them. Okay. okay. Six is attack with dagger. So it was worse to do... That was a little better to do fairy fire. Yeah. Six was dagger. Doing it the harder way. Take 42 hit points. Yeah. I took I took entangle. I may be dead, so I'm going to say seven. What's that? What's, you did seven? Yeah, entangle. You did seven. Yeah. You slowed yourself down with the spell. Yeah, see? Death. Yeah. See? There you go. Dead. 
You wanted to die? Uh -huh. Because I think he sucks. That's why. At least he actually, actually, he, oh. he, he cast it entangle the right way. Because I've had druids go, I cast entangle right near me. Yeah, that'll entangle you too. That's, 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 oh. That is the correct way of doing it. He's doing control temperature wrong. What is entangle? Because entangle entangles everything. You can't like do it specifically. No, it's an back. area. It's an area of effect. So if you did oh. it right on top of you, it would entangle you. It entangles everything. It entangles all creatures, if I remember correctly, it says. You're flipping it. Here this. I'm flipping it. Of course, that's what we don't look surprised. That's what, that's we, what do. we do. Entangle. It's very short. Entangle on page 54 of the player's handbook. By means of this spell, the druid is able to cause plants in the area of effect to entangle creatures within the area. The grasses, weeds, bushes, and even trees wrap, twist, and entwine about creatures, thus holding them fast for the duration of the spell. If any any creature in the area of effect makes its saving throw. The effect of the spell is to slow its movement by 50% for the spell duration. So, and I assume, I'll look in the DMG just to make sure there's nothing there. So what you're saying, I'm just repeating what you're saying, you're saying that entangle is everything. It's not anything creature anyone, specific. Right, anyone in the area of effect is entangled. Now, you get a save and you're at 50%, so this, the ticks should have been make the save too, which again is another topic. So I guess they're just sucking your blood slow. So I well, my my guess is they were already on you, and thus you got slowed and you couldn't do anything, and so they sucked you blood because they already hit you. Yeah, that would have been a terrible decision. Right. This like perfect but for that's, them. But that's not exactly what I understood. So the DM once again didn't explain properly. So I, I walked out. I ripped up my character and walked out. Because so. you were like, you <laughs> thought him. To, you thought he was going to do it wrong. That's the way you were playing. Right. It? Exactly. I thought he was going to do it wrong. It's risky. Well, it was. I'm dead. Okay. Uh, so number eight. It's not just risky. It's it's dead. Deadly. Lethal. So I'm dead. Okay. What was number eight? Uh, number eight was a tree. Did anyone pick number eight? Uh, no, only you did. Well, I'm someone. Did anyone pick number eight? No. Besides you, no. Damned it. Eight. Good job. They fell off. Good for you. Why aren't you, oh. you doing? You're, I don't get any sound. You sure? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Okay, hold on. There, you happy? Oh, the humanity. Okay. Nine. What is number nine? Number nine is what most people picked. They picked uh, a bird. They fly away as a bird. Okay. We're gonna start talking. Birds don't oh, have no. no birds don't have much well birds don't have much blood. C F four. Wait, what? Oh yeah, they don't have much blood. So that's a bad thing. I agree with this guy. Wishful thinking, you're dead, pal. Oh, I agree with that. They're oh, gonna suck all you. Because there's a big, there's a bunch of ticks. You're now like a little bird, and you are in totally covered. You're flying in air with uh, all these ticks. I, I disagree. You? Yeah, no, that's rubbish. Huh? Because uh, I think because these giant ticks couldn't suck the blood of a little bird. Anyone like named Rob If That's the problem. All Robs, they kind of have this group think. They all became they need, birds. I mean, how many can fit onto... You need area, surface area, right? Even if it's like one. Like, the bird doesn't have the surface area for those giant ticks to, like, okay. to, to small, sap yeah. blood from. Gary just says small. That does bother me at times when it just says small and it doesn't tell you the, the spe more specific size. Well, but, so giant ticks are found in forests and occasionally cave, blah, blah, blah. I know this is not a random encounter. These insects seek to drop upon prey, and they, uh, and they suck the blood. A hit by a giant tick starts one to four points of damage. Look, if you're a bird, how much, 
how much, uh, how many hit points does a bird have? Probably one. Uh, just a couple, maybe. Yeah. So I think yeah. even if it's no, just you keep one, you keep the same hit points. Oh, no, I, I was oh, assuming yeah. I was assuming I could change into a bird and escape. Uh, I think that was the probably the assumption that most of us. That takes riding you, man. Had. Right. Oh wait, you think you keep the same hit points when you're a bird? So there's a bird and there's a tick riding the bird. Right. You do keep the same. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think this is oh the humanity, isn't it? Yes. This is. Not... <laughs> yes, it's it's yes as if it's the shape change as uh, the druid, which is what it is. When you change shape, that's the beauty of change shape for druids, is they, they maintain their hit points. Oh. So you shouldn't have lost your hit points. But what if I'm all out of blood? Well, apparently that's what he's ruling. He's yeah. yeah, I think it's a bit harsh. I think you should let people run away if they have clever ideas. But, you know, anyway, we died. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't argue the DM. So I see now, pseudo and Des, the O the Humanity, oh. and it's got a bird with it flying with a tick on it. <laughs> tick on it. <laughs> the O the Humanity EP. Um, so oh, was I an albatross? Were we albatrosses? <laughs> yes, apparently. Yes. Apparently it is. Yeah. What? So we get a bit of rhyme of the ancient mariner right. or something. The dead, the dead bird is hung. So ten. <laughs> what was ten, sir? Bear. Bear. Vicious but effective. Lose twenty hit points from ticks, <laughs> but remove twenty percent of your wounds for transforming. Uh, yes. So congratulations, Dan. You you had you picked the best one. Tree was a good choice. My concern with tree was they would sit there and wait for you to, to not be there. But apparently, right. once you become a tree, they just become disinterested. Bored, yeah. They right. go back and do other things. Okay. Mm. So, very right. good. Deadly. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Right. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm happy. but I... <laughs> It is, you know, it is what it is. Interesting choice. So, well, they're, yeah. they're your people, Rob. They're your people. They are? I'm These sorry. people are Canadians. They're your people. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm half Canadian, yeah. yeah. These right. are your people. If you don't like I it, you can forget. write a strongly written letter to... Uh, yeah. Sort it out. John to, Fraser. To, to the Prime Minister of Canada. In, in British Columbia. He was... Sort it out. I'm sure he's yeah. local. The governor. Right? To Kelly yeah. Villamere. He was local. I'm sure he's someone that <laughs> Kelly knew that wrote this. Did Kelly edit this? Did he review this? Did he approve it? I don't know. It, is Delph approved? It must be Delph approved. It was in the magazine. Well, it's Delph approved. Yeah. So then it was Maybe approved British by British Columbia approved. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, very good. So uh, we're not going to, we know it's getting late for you. So why don't you quickly, not quickly, plug as, take as long as you want, plugging your podcast, Confessions. What do you do <laughs> on your podcast? Oh, me? Yes. Uh, I know. I, well, I just uh, talk about uh, the hobby. Uh, it's kind of like, a, I suppose it's like a diary. So it's ideas that I have or thoughts that I have about the hobby or the way. Um, you know things that are apparent uh, in the games and, and 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 topics within the hobby that you know occur to me or you know well, I talk about that and it's, yeah it's 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 nothing really deep it's just my ideas it's more like a a, a sort of a, a diary really yeah of ideas that's all well but you know we we have people come on and we chat and exchange ideas and that's pretty much what it's about yeah he's part of, they're part of the anchor community so people can like basically voicemail in it's kind of like using the old voice recorder they can do that so for, uh we will put a link in our show notes so rob of course you always have an open invitation we also need to get you playing again we had a lot of fun the one time we played with you 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 had yeah we had, we yeah, had a good time 
But uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for, for, for doing that. That's what's actually, we actually had an episode of Grog Talk where people came on and talked. Yes. As opposed to us talking. <laughs> like a talk show. It's like, it's like, it's like craziness. So thank you so much, Rob. We will talk to you again thank real soon. Thank you very soon. much. Support Grog Talk by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com backslash Grog Talk. Welcome back. Uh, welcome back to Grog Talk. And we have a new little figure. Dan, do you want to introduce our guest? Uh, absolutely. So we have uh, Craig Russell, who, of course, is our good friend. And he is the organizer of the Crucible Convention that GrogCon, once again, has been asked, thankfully enough, uh, to be a part of. So, uh, Craig, welcome to GrogCon. Grog Talk. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's great to be here. It's so nice to see you guys back together in the uh, same uh, room. Yeah, thank Feels you. like we're returning to normal. Have we had, have you been on the show before? I can't remember if you've. Yes. Yes. Okay. At the it's, show. Yeah, yes. I think so. At the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you walked by and we corralled you. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I remember now. So, so uh, uh, as I mentioned, Craig is one of the organizers of Crucible, and you are up to Crucible number nine, correct? Yes, which, fun fact, it's actually Crucible 10. It's the 10th show. It's like, it's like Gen Con where there's a Gen Con zero. Was there a Crucible zero? No. There, well, actually, there was a Crucible 2012. That was the original. And then Crucible 2. From there on out. And then, though, in one year, we did Crucible twice. So it was Crucible 6, and then it was Crucible 6.5. And it was all part of this grand scheme to change the time of year that Crucible was held in. We used to be in March, which has two major drawbacks. One, every other convention in the country is happening in March. And then two, <laughs> uh, the... Uh, including GaryCon, including um, Adepticon. You know, it's like everything that we do is kind of like subsumed by other bigger, more established cons. And uh, and then number two, uh, Leap... Uh, sorry, what am I starting to say? Um, uh, spring Forward happens then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I've done a, I ran an 8 like o'clock game at GaryCon. I ran an 8 o'clock, 8 a.m. game at GaryCon. It was Spring Forward, and so it was 7 a.m., and... Needless to say, not many people showed up to my game. Yeah, we we were tricked one year by the hotel. They were like, "Well, we got this weekend open." And I'm like, "Really? Okay, we'll take it." <laughs> and then we got to it. This is actually Crucible too. And that year, we decided we were going to try and go 24 hours. It was going to be great. We're going to go all night long and all this sort of thing. And what we found was that, um, and it was at the convention itself. We realized it was daylight savings time. Um, and so Saturday tournaments ended this is back when we were just miniatures we had um the basically the the um uh, the heats for this one particular tournament that we ran ended at like four o'clock in the morning and then we were like okay and they'll start again at eight which is three hours from now <laughs> and so everybody who was playing till the last minute to try and get in if they got in had to then turn around with basically two hours of possible rest and play um, another three, four rounds. It was ridiculous. Um, and it was that day 
that I realized a 24-hour convention was not something I wanted to do anymore, and I would never hold it over daylight savings time. So um, ever again, I'll never be fooled so sounds, again. Sounds like James um, and we were smart to hook up with Crucible when right. they were like eight or nine, right? right? As opposed to the early years. Right, because Crucible 2 <laughs> yeah. would be up 24 hours a day and some other craziness. We're too old for this. So, so Craig, why don't you, you know, for because our obviously our, our audience is about first edition, old school games, um, can you explain what Crucible is? Uh, kind of, you did a little bit of the history. What, what do, you, what do you hope to accomplish with Crucible? And then we can talk about how we joined you with this. Well, allow me to wax philosophical okay. for a moment. <laughs> um, so, the entire concept of Crucible from the beginning was because it was started because there used to be a gaming convention again focused around miniatures at the time. Um, that was uh, an annual event in the area. Everybody loved it. Um, the organizers got worn out um, and decided to take a little bit of time off. And what I've found with conventions is you take a little That's bit it. of time off. It basically means it's dead. Yeah. So, because um, you find out, you know, it's like, oh, that's right. This takes a lot of work. <laughs> um, and uh, and so a buddy of mine and I, Chris Cuevas, were sitting around and I said, you know, we don't really have a convention like that anymore. We should just start one. And, um, and so we did, and I've always told everybody from the beginning that the purpose of Crucible is to provide a, a flag on the hill. That's how I always describe it. Uh, an annual rally point for the gaming community um, that no matter what happens in your local gaming area, if, um, if the game you love is kind of dying out or maybe some of the people have splintered off or maybe a major organizer kind of left and the community has kind of collapsed you still all have all these toys that you want to play with you have a chance to get together with a bunch of people who love the hobby that you love as much as you do and play for a weekend and get your batteries recharged it's amazing you think you walk away from the convention like um completely drained but i always walk away fired up i'm like yeah let's play some more games um so that's what we've always tried to keep the convention focused on um and uh you know we don't really make much of we we make an operating profit right we make enough to keep on going the next year we're focused on just gaming um and providing gaming opportunities for everybody and about five years ago um i took on the passion project for myself of adding rpgs um and uh board games to the convention um and uh my uh, partner in all this tim wright um involved in all this too but but uh this is just something that really fired me up because i've always played rpgs um and uh and there was nothing in central florida for it um, we have other conventions around here like pop culture conventions and things like that that might have gaming in it but it's not the focus of the con um you're kind of there with you know maybe you go to the biggest one in the area which is MegaCon. there's forty thousand people there of which a few people are gaming and they've arranged for a room for gaming. And I'm not trying to put that con, right. con down at all. I'm just saying that's, that's not all their things focus, to all people right? geek related. Right. This right. is all we do. And so, um, yep. yep. Go ahead. So this, well, I was, I was oh, just, no, no. Gonna, I was just, <laughs> I was no, I was just going to say, ahead. so, um, when, before we met Craig, so our history is, you know, we, cause exactly what you said is that's how Dan started the local group here. Cause he would go every year to Gary con to play first edition because that was pretty much when you got out of the deep freeze, right? And you're like, we're playing every year. We want to, you wanted to start something. You started the local group through Meetup. And then we decided, hey, let's build a con because that's really cool. At least, at least once a year, someone, people could get together and do that. 
And so, Dan, how did you find Craig? Is because we were we stupidly thought, oh, we'll do our own con. How hard could it be? And within 35 seconds of announcing that, like, oh, my God, this is a lot of work. This is craziness. And we were going down this route. It was almost like we had a suicide pact that we're going to keep going down this way. And we kept going. And fortunately, we ran into Craig. Yeah, we were very fortunate uh, to run into Craig because it allowed, uh, you know, Craig, of course, you know, to be honest, is he's doing all the the heavy lifting, yeah. you know, finding the location and the stuff we pr- probably weren't very thrilled to do. If I recall, Craig, I think that we met on Facebook somehow on our first edition site. There'd been, so, I don't know, it, right? Something had come up about a convention, your convention, and adding role playing. And I, I remember I had said, look, I might be interested. I, I don't remember if you recall, but it was something, it's certainly Facebook, I think. It yeah. was. It was on the first edition AD&D group, yep. Yep. And I- uh, which is a great group. Um, I mean, wow, so many uh, great names you see in there from, you know, legacy from the um, uh, from our past, from the D&D's past and all that sort of thing. They cross over across there and so many great people. And actually, um, I even though I don't, I don't have my opportunities to play AD&D nowadays are limited. Um, I still play a lot of D&D, but... Um, but that group, more than anything else, kind of keeps me inspired um, and going forward because it's that old school kind of mentality. And I don't try; I'm not trying to sound too too grognardy, which I, I probably am in a You're safe, in space, space, here. safe space here. <laughs> but but I think that the way that the game was originally played um, is a guidepost that everybody should kind of rely on. Um, it, it's what made it popular to begin with, and though the game has certainly evolved over time, and people have can play the game any way they want to this, the uh, kind of crucial parts that you always think of as being AD and D, you know, the, uh, um, the, the, those, those things never change, you know, um, combat, loot, uh, discovery, uh, sandbox, um, kind of approach to things, uh, winging it if you have to, but helping, you know, everybody kind of getting into it and being able to build the whole story together. That, Spirit is very alive in uh, the first edition AD&D crowd, and certainly on that side too. So anyway, we met there. I'm rambling off on a side note there, um, and uh, and I just you just said yeah we're thinking about starting it too, and I just said hey we should talk. Now here's where it gets great because this is totally D&D. Um, I met Dan and James in a tavern. <laughs> right, it was a tavern. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> and we had our first we we our party came together. Um, and we discussed what kind of adventure we were going to go on together. Um, and luckily we all got along really well. And I think we still yeah. all do. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, it was born and went forward. I, I didn't really know what to expect, honestly, from you guys the first year, because I'm used to, um, when new organizers kind of come in, I'm used to kind of helping to kind of shepherd them. Hey, uh, do you guys need this? Have you thought about this? That sort of thing. But you guys came in with a pretty good idea, exactly what you wanted to do. And uh, and then I was uh, when GrogCon actually took off. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys put a lot more effort into this than I ever expected. Uh, with all the uh, um, you know, with the Dwarven Forge tables and the, um, all the different um, OG uh, role playing games uh, slots that you had posted, uh, the guests you brought in. Carlos Lising is such an awesome guy. Um, and, uh, I would have never met him if you guys hadn't brought him down. Um, gosh, such a great time. And, and more, more than anything, and I'll say this for the GrogCon folks out there who've 
haven't attended in the past, um, the GrogCon people were having the most fun um, at the uh, at the convention, at least on the role playing side. The Blood Bowl people on the miniature side have a ton of fun, but the <laughs> but but on the, but on the role playing side, you guys were absolutely having a ball. Um, and uh, and I can't wait for you guys to come back. Well, thank you. No, it, it was a lot of fun, and you, you were so supportive, and, and we can't wait. I was energized, too, at the end of it. It was exhausting, but then yeah. when I was done, I was energized. You, well, a week before, you said, I'm never doing this again. This is the end. Correct. And then literally, as we're leaving, what, you were already giving ideas for the next time. Yeah. I'm a little manic. No. You know, right? No. Wait, is no. Dan, hang on. Is Dan manic? No. I'm not got a minor no. I'm not manic. <laughs> So, and, and also, and the good news, Craig, there is not only old school. Now, obviously, this is most, our listeners, of course, can be old school people, but there's also fifth edition, right? I mean, uh, Thomas Valley, right, uh, does fifth edition, right? And yep. Thomas, for those of you who don't know, Thomas, yep. he's the yep. webmaster for GaryCon, right? He, but he lives here locally in central Florida, and he runs fifth edition. You have a lot of fifth edition gaming going on as well, right? Yeah, that's actually probably our biggest section. You know, no, no, no. Not uh, this big, year. Um, this year we that. could we could eclipse them. Will we eclipse them? <laughs> yes, but yes, but we'll be killed in the process. <laughs> we'll be killed in a car accident on the way home. <laughs> so it'll become the memorial thing. <laughs> the, um, the yeah. So Thomas Valley is the most connected guy I know in the D and D world. Um, he knows everybody. Uh, and yes, he's the webmaster for GameholeCon. I believe he actually organizes the whole AL Adventures League gaming slate for them mm-hmm. as well. Um, and uh, GameholeCon, like GaryCon, benefits from the fact that it's in Wisconsin and has all these old school uh, gamers like still living in the area. Yeah, we, we're waiting for them to retire so, uh, here. We right. don't know why they're not coming. That's why. What- <laughs> Uh, well, Vic Dorso, right? I mean, he—I think he could be considered old yes. school at this point. We can and just... he's retiring. He's—he's—he's he's th- he's <laughs> numerous times to come down here permanently. Which I—I I don't know what your exit plan is, but I—I I intend to be out of here. We're area. just switching. We're <laughs> going right. to Minnesota. Yeah, we'll just buy his house. We'll live up there. <laughs> so, 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 Craig, you—you you also have a big I... announcement. Go ahead, Craig. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say I actually grew up right. in Minnesota. He... Minnesota's oh, fertile okay. for yes, he did. He's got a great story. With him and I talked. You know, we're Wait, talking some hang on. Hold on. Is there any chance that you went to 1981? Did you go to Minnesota Campaign 5, July 11th, 12th, 1981? It was <laughs> held at the Earl Brown Continuing... I love where these places were, these cons were held. The Earl Brown Continuing Education Center on the St. Paul campus of the University of Minnesota. You know who the guests were? Okay, can you guess? The two guests. The two guests at... at Minnesota Campaign 5. I'm going to guess Dave Arneson. That is one. That is correct. Yes, and one other one. And when you hear it, you'll be like, oh, of course. Um, I, don't, I, I can't imagine. Dave Tim Cask. Wesley's, Wesley's a good guess, right? Because he was Minnesota, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Minnesota. M.A.R. Barker. M.A.R. Barco. Because wasn't he up there with Arneson in Minnesota? Empire. He did Temecul or whatever Temec- that thing is? Tecumel. Oh, that okay. I don't know. So were you there? <laughs> no, I would have been uh, uh, 13. And? And I uh, couldn't it. drive. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, and so it was he, <laughs> dependent upon my mother to take so me to St. Paul. I grew up in Redwood Falls, Minnesota, which is in the southwest so you don't corner know Jeff Barry. of Minnesota. Okay. 
And also that probably precludes no. him from being no. the trans Canada roadway killer, highway killer. Oh. Because he can't drive. He's 13. Right. Well, 13. He could still be a killer, but he... he, 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 he <laughs> how would he get to Canada? He, hey, Mom, I have to go to Canada to murder people. I'm, sh- I'm sure that's... Summer camp. <laughs> I'll be back, Mom. Summer death camp. That's <laughs> I'm going exactly. to camp. This is got your one. All right. My first trip to Canada was into the was in the border um, lands. Uh, that's not called the borderlands. The boundary waters. That's what to it's buy, called on the border of Canada and to buy out, Minnesota. We went on a canoe trip. Uh, then I was, I think, fourteen right, or fifteen, and uh, so you <laughs> and my father took us on a family canoe nice. trip. That's very wholesome. His father could have been the trans kid. That's right. Hey, kids, you guys swim over there. I got to go murder some people. I'll be back. I'll be back. We're trying to figure hours. out who this killer is because yeah. that was a, that was from a previous thing. We're still because we've realized true crime podcasts are the most popular. They they have you know, so we're trying to get into that angle. of That's true what crime. the segue will be. We're said yes, but we'll hit the top two hundred. Yes. We're going to be like the true crime. Yes, we're going to get into true crime. All right. We're going to we're going to we're going to sell out like we said. That's right because we're supposed to be posers. We're going to sell out and do a true crime. But you have a big announcement this year. You have a new sponsor and some new things going on at Crucible 9. So maybe, because you told us, and that sounds very exciting. Um, and actually, you just broke up there. You said uh, you have hey, a big. you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> I said. Um, thank you for asking for clarification <laughs> yes, instead of just assuming and answering. Yeah, you, have a, big anou- you have a big announcement that this year you have a new sponsor and you have some new things happening at Crucible 9. That is true. So we have a premier sponsor this year, Coliseum of Comics, um, which is a Florida um, chain of comic and gaming stores. Yes, nice applause. Thank you. Um, has uh, has partnered with us and is going to be taking over our uh, board gaming. Um, the It's a huge deal. Um, they're going to have a big presence there at the con. Uh, they're such a great and solid uh, kind of pillar of the community um, and uh, and have been around forever. Um, it's not just one store either. They're, they're all over the uh, um, Florida. And, uh, and, and their kind of flagship, I think it's their flagship uh, store in uh, Kissimmee is not too far away. Uh, it just made super uh, perfect sense to bring them in. They cover everything in the gaming spectrum um, and obviously comics as well, although they're going to support us on the gaming side. Uh, so the board gaming area is going to be bigger than ever this year um, with uh, scheduled um, uh, slots of its own, uh, demos, most popular games um, uh, are going to be out there for display for you guys to try out um, and go back. So more than more than ever in previous um, Crucibles, there are always going to be things to do. So as soon as, if you're, when you're worn out from five hours of uh, your last D&D game um, and, and you just want to have a drink and sit down with a casual board game and that sort of thing too, uh, the best stuff is going to be out there. It's um, We're really excited about it. It's a huge development for us. Um, and hopefully a, um, a partnership that we're going to be, uh, that we'll be able to expand on um, in years to come. Crucible is still Crucible and it's still run by us, but, um, but they are, uh, they're, They've really kind of taken a step, and they were the ones who asked us to partner. So it's a, uh, it's just been a great kismet. Um, well, that's situation. kind of what that's kind of what's great about your convention, the Crucible convention, is that you're this umbrella, and you've allowed these 
tribes, like you said, to come in and say, oh, if you want to do first edition or old school gaming, great. You want to do tabletop gaming, great. You want to do miniature, great. You want to do modern games, come all. This is, this is the banner. This is the tent that we're providing for that. So that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and we've, so the other part of the whole flag on the hill thing that I talked about at the beginning is that um, we understand that the game stores um, are the lifeblood of the community. Right? They're the whole thing that kind of keeps it going. And boy, has it been a tough year yeah. for game stores, right? Or, well, maybe not this year, but certainly in last year. And, um, and so what, what we always say is that we want to bring you to the game stores, to the vendors in the area, to the um, creators and that sort of thing, and give them a chance to connect too. Um, and, uh, and so, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, I'm not trying to sound too corporate or anything like that. I'm just trying to say that, uh, we have to support them too, right? Just like we support the gaming community, we want to support our local stores because they keep it going. Um, and Coliseum turning around this time and saying, how about we help you um, has been, like, it's a transition. And I think we have really big places that's to go great. with this. Well, so. and, and I think that's been, it's very tempting to go to the Amazons or to Cool Stuff or whatever the, you know, and even Cool Stuff has a local presence here. So it's a little different. I'm sure there's plenty of, of things in, in getting or eBay or whatever the case may be. But if you don't have a local store, we when we started, if we didn't have sci-fi or campus cards and games, we would, probably would have met because I'm sure, Dan, would you want eight complete strangers going to your house playing D&D? No. And after having, after <laughs> having gotten to know all of you, I, that seemed like that was a good, uh, my intuition was good. And in fact, to this day, I've never been to your house. Mm-hmm. You've, I've, I've noticed That's that. That's right. I'm just saying. Yeah. You've been to my house. Somehow right. I've, I've lowered my guard, but mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Very good. But don't you live in a hobbit hole or something like that? It yeah. might not be the best place borough, to visit. Actually, a known borough. It's a known borough. Yeah, yes. with lots of wild animals. And cats. <laughs> Many cats. Lots of cats. Feral cats there. So, um, so, so the price for us... Uh, Uh, which, okay. Um, the, the, uh, price is $40. So if you just want to play tabletop games, fantasy miniature games, all that kind of thing, it's $40 for the weekend. Is that correct? Well, let me, let me clarify that a little more is a general admission pass is $40 and general admission passes allow you to play all the RPGs, um, any RPGs and, uh, and board gaming. And then if there's demo miniature games, oh, okay. you can certainly play in those. But the miniatures it's tournaments separate. tickets are $80. Now, $40 is for the whole weekend, oh. right? Um, $80 gets you the tournament pass, which allows you to get into, say, the 40K GT. Um, but you can also play all the other stuff, too. Um, it's just a matter of there's a lot more support that has to go into um, tournaments, yeah. as you can imagine. Um, and so and so that's why that ticket is a little bit more. But $40 all weekend uh, to game is... Uh, I think a smoking deal. And we've been really um, focused on keeping that manageable for everybody. I know that everybody has probably struggled over these last few years. So, um, so we made it, there were suggest- some suggestions to kind of, shouldn't we even out the tickets and make everybody kind of coming in, pay the same thing. And I was like, no, we need to, we need to make this as you as regular as it has been for everybody. Um, 
so that everybody can get in and, and have a good time. The hotel uh, room nights are $87 a night. I don't know if you've tried to book a hotel room in um, uh, Orlando lately in October, which, by the way, in Orlando is a very, very popular time. Uh, but if you can get an $87 a night hotel, uh, I'd be surprised. Um, and my wife uh, is trying to book hotel rooms over by uh, for Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and I just looked at the price over her shoulder this morning, and she's looking at 225 bucks a night. So um, it's it's a great deal. It's it's a the hotel um, is the same hotel we were at last time. So if you were there for last CrogCon, you know which one it is. They've actually during the um, pandemic have remodeled. So the lobby has completely changed. Um, the uh, the they have a much more open kind of floor plan with the bar and the pool area, um, and they have kind of a food court. It's now like an open kind of plaza. It feels very modern. Um, the convention space has new carpet, new paint, and all this sort of thing. Not that like, not it was a dump before, but it's, I'm just saying like these are these are things that you get just for for coming this year. <laughs> a better space um, and uh, and and even more space. And this year we even have special gaming spaces. Um, which I'm excited to uh, tell everybody about too. Uh, not to ramble too much on my commercial for Crucible, but um, we have the boardroom and the suite. And these are special gaming um, areas that we wanted to set up that it would be like playing around a dinner table um, with your friends or your regular gaming group, except you get a chance to play with um, a premier kind of TM situation. Um, so these guests that we have coming in um, will run games there. Um, some of them may charge a premium price for it, but it'll be worth it uh, to be able to sit around a table and um, uh, we'll, there'll be snacks and drinks supplied. It's just going to be a great time. So uh, I think those will be highly sought after spots. You just don't get many chances to have a private game with a content creator right. ever, right? Unless you know them personally. So this is the chance. So for $40 plus your hotel room, if you don't live in the area, you can come to GrogCon for the whole weekend. It starts Friday, right? Oh, gates open, doors open at 10. Is that? Yeah, well, actually, the doors will open at 9 a.m. on Friday. Uh, we close at midnight every night, but the uh, we've never actually kicked anybody out <laughs> of the gaming space if they go over. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and it goes for and three days. Saturday all day. And then Sunday, what time do the people... What time is what time is Sunday end uh, roughly? Sunday ends at okay. six p.m. A lot of people end up a little so early because they got pl- flights to catch and everything mm-hmm. else from that. So, so you got sure. forty dollars plus eighty-seven dollars a night plus tax or stuff like that, all the normal fees. So you know, for about two hundred bucks, you got a whole weekend of fun and frivolity, plus or minus, mm-hmm. and that's all included. That's you know all the gaming you can do, all the games we'll have on there. Dan and I will be running a tournament. Uh, uh, the tournament game, we'll having uh, Carlos come back down, Vic's coming back down again. We may have other special guests mm-hmm. that we're working on. Uh, so it's a lot of fun, and we, we talk about having a special table that our, our grog talk table that people can come and hang out with us while we're not gaming and do pickup games because that was one of the things we saw two years ago. Sometimes you know people they decide they want to not go to this one game or game gets canceled, then they're kind of just wandering around. And Carlos did a pickup game. He just was like, hey, come on, guys, let's go play. So that what an opportunity to do stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that that is something you can only get. Uh, you'll never get at a really, really big con like a Gen Con or, um, well, maybe I'm speaking a, 
out of turn here. Uh, but, you know, a lot of those places are jam full with the stuff that's going on. Um, and us being a uh, local con and a little smaller, I mean, I'm not, we get about 500 right. people. That's it's good not size. A, we're no slouch, but um, yeah, but, um, but, you know, you just have more direct interaction with everybody, you know, whether it's Dan and James or it's, um, or it's Carlos or Vic or anybody else is coming down. Uh, we have other names too, that I don't want to talk about cause they haven't been confirmed, but, um, but a chance to actually sit down and, act, and maybe just talk with them or hang out. You just don't get a lot of those opportunities. So where, um, when you have crowd, these so. announcements, are they going to be on the Crucible or the, on Facebook? Where do where you want people to go for the latest news? Facebook is where we pretty much post most of our information because it's it's the the kind of the crossroads, right? It's the Walmart of social media. Um, the uh, But... Um, We've been trying to push uh, our Discord channel. Like you guys have done such a great job uh, building your Discord channel, uh, but it seems like uh, every time we get a little bit of a momentum there, it, it it drains out a little bit. But we but we do post the information there as well. Uh, I, w- I would definitely go to Facebook for the first initial. News. All right, and and one of the things that Craig is going to join us live on Grog Talk. We're planning on doing it maybe Friday morning. Is that bad for you? Uh, what's is oh. our live Grog? Yes. Friday morning. Or do you stay? Do you stay Friday morning? It's okay. pretty busy. Sh- so <laughs> exclusive <laughs> administrative meeting breaking out. That's right. Live, live. This is what you hear. Well, we'll we're going to come up with a rough schedule and send it to you because we want to figure out when you're available for for you know because the from our, from our perspective the con opens but yeah you're running around like a maniac so that's the, again the beauty of why we mm-hmm. we're hanging with Craig. Craig is running around trying to get everything going. We can just start our show, which is super fun. Exactly. We just. <laughs> So we'll see Craig running back and so forth should... as we're doing the show. Like, this is amazing. It's so everything's His working so well. Fire. His hair's on fire. He's running around like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Well, so, go ahead. My, my, my times that I have time is usually in the evenings, honestly. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'm, I know we'll Okay. Well, the other thing is I would like to talk about maybe – so do you get there Thursday? You're going to be there Thursday evening? You stay over there? Yes. Yep. I'll be there Thursday. So maybe we could do like an evening event, Thursday kickoff meeting, like how they do at GaryCon, right? Don't they have like a dinner or something or an event in the evening, Thursday evening? Sometimes I say they're informal events. Yeah, that would be an informal kind of thing. So maybe we could get one of his private rooms that before they're used, I don't know when they're available. We can just have a little shindig. The Grog Talk Lounge. The Grog Talk Lounge. Hey. It's 81. Smooth jazz. What's that on the table? That's right. It's probably blow. That's probably <laughs> No, it's not blow. It's fake blow. That's, that, that, that's the goodie bag. That's right. Speaking of goodie bags, great segue. You're, uh, uh, is that deal still on? How are we doing on the uh, promo thing that you'd mentioned to me during uh, the last time we talked? Yeah, and I'm, you broke up a little bit there, but since you said goodie bag, I'm assuming you're talking yep. about the swag bags. The first 200 badges sold uh, get a free swag bag, which uh, is a dice bag, um, dice. Uh, we've got tokens in there because, you know, there's miniature players there too. And, of course, you can use them for um, uh, for anything, really, um, objective markers and that sort of thing. Uh, there's a, a uh, measuring widget. There's actually a lot of other – and that's just the stuff that we specifically as a con are supplying in there. Um, there's uh we're talking to other uh, manufacturers and suppliers about adding other uh, pieces in there too um uh, there'll be stuff from coliseum comics in there 
There will be stuff from Warlord Games. I know uh, we're talking to them about it. Um, there's uh, another game out there called Clash of Kings um, that is trying to get a foothold. That they're looking about offering pieces. So we're talking, you know, it, it, it may be miniatures, it may be coupons for um, uh, purchases and that sort of thing. It's still kind of coming together, but you know, you're going to get um, the basics in there uh, for free, and uh, and it's just a giveaway from us. Um, to say thank you for coming back, um, and uh, and there are just a few okay, of those cause left. Because so if you haven't bought your badge yet, yeah. Because ba- and 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 basically, what we're going to do for our folks who are coming, if you are a badge holder, and you send us a note at info@grogcon.com saying, "Here's my badge number. It's under 200, right? Basically, the first 200 plus or minus." You say, "I'm badge number 127." Yep. What'll happen is you'll check in at the crucible thing they'll give you all your information then you walk over to our table and we will have a special gift for you as a as a grogcon uh person as well thanks to craig gave us the hookup on how to get merch we have our first merch coming is it, is it mountain dew and a bag of Fritos? uh probably a half half a mountain dew and, and it old, half a half, half just a little res- crumbles yeah the residue out of it <laughs> They want that's the true old experience. That's the true. You can snort Dorito. <laughs> that's right. Smooth. It's like wasn't that heavy metal where they were snorting uh, stuff? I wasn't. It wasn't. Blow, it was like some crystal thing. But yeah, we're we're going to do that. Honor that as well. So it's going to be a little runaround because you know again, Craig and his group got a ton of things. So you're getting that bag regardless if you get within the first two hundred. And then if you send us a thing at infogrogcon.com saying, hey, I'm, I'm coming to your show. I'm badge number 27. You show us a badge. We'll give you stuff, too. So it's a free stuff for coming. So uh, that, that's yep. really great. And, you know, Craig plays guitar, so we are going to do something live. We're going to do a parody song. We're the, doing a song. The pseudo-undead are going to be The pseudo-undead are playing live. That's yes. right. That's, that's, <laughs> I love it. That's our band name, the pseudo-undead. So Craig's going to help us out. He was, in a, he was in a touring heavy metal band back in the, back in the day. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Oh, I, w- I, I was, yep. We, in the in the Midwest, uh, Minnesota, the Dakotas, Iowa, Wisconsin, big, around in that big, area. Big hotbed of heavy metal right. in the eighties, I believe. <laughs> Slip, big hotbed. Slipknot's from uh, Iowa, so but that was later. Iowa, That's they in are. The 90s, so. they, yep. Yeah, this was uh, in the late eighties, um, in early nineties. Prince, we really did heavy metal. Yeah. Right. What? What? <laughs> uh, Prince, okay. Prince is obviously in Minnesota. Prince is beloved, but he's not heavy metal um, by everybody. And it doesn't matter who yeah. you, what kind of music you play. Everybody loves right. Prince in Minnesota, and I do too. Um, and I would say that Prince is a excellent hard rock guitarist. Right. Uh, he can, well, he can literally play anything. But if you think about it, his first few albums, it was really taking funk and making it into rock. Um, and obviously, he evolved over his whole career too but but you know like um uh 1999 and and um and and everything off that album um has definitely always has a rock kind of edge to it i'm trying so, to think of heavy metal bands from the midwest well megadeth uh dave elson's from was was from minneapolis <laughs> okay yes the bass player from megadeth so we got yeah. that yeah they, they were more <laughs> california right Huh? They were like they were more San Francisco. Well, right? he 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 went out there, but he right. came from Minnesota. He was born there. He's he's yeah, straight up. He, if you talk, if you listen to him, he's he sounds <laughs> straight from Minnesota. Well, of course, Slayer was from North Dakota, right? Was were they? <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. 
it's it's there there should be a huge black metal scene in north dakota because i mean there just should be it's 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 cold and uh frozen for half of the year uh they have horrible um hot summers too as well i mean it's just a miserable climate they should well very good very good so (laughs) you if do you want to uh partake in our random encounter or do you need to go yeah no let's do it I hope I get a Neo Atya. Uh, yeah, that would be. Oh, cool. He's a fan. He is a fan. Do you have dice nearby by any chance? Oh, I do. Perfect. I do actually. He is a gamer. Let him roll. So yeah, so you get. Well, the only thing we're going to do the dorsal roll because we have the. Uh, oh, we have dorsal dice now. That's right. That's right. So we'll do. So we'll start with the dorsal roll, and then we'll ask him to do. And, and just rolls. what Dan is flailing around here. This is from. Uh, this is from the uh, latest issue of Flipping and Turning Four, which is going to be released. Uh, it, there is a thing of random encounters, the Grog Talk way. Someone spent time to figure out how we do random encounters, which if you've listened to us, it's a convoluted mess. So we are going to follow the official flipping and turning way. So first we have to roll the dorsal rule, which says whether it's Fiend Foley or Monster Manual 2. I will use the official dice. Is that okay? Of course. Christen it. Monster Manual 2. Okay. So now, you, James, you follow that to make sure if it's wrong, don't tell them. Okay, so, okay, so uh, uh, we're... Because we went to Monster Mountain 2, we have to proceed to step 3, which is Monster Mountain 2. Roll a D10. That is correct. Roll a D10, sir. Craig? Craig, roll a D10, please. Three. Three. Do you know where we are, James? We're in a dungeon. We are, that is correct. So far, that is correct. So now, what, what, James, what does your thing say? We need roll D10 to determine monster level. That is correct. So roll a D, another D10, sir. Two, okay. two. Level two creature. Oh, this thing's going to get killed. What's the two's the chance? The, uh, yeah, the, no, it's, it's a all. copper dragon. It's a copper dragon. Oh, but kind of a little, though, is it? Yeah, he's a little a Stromboli, whatever his name is. Remember, we said he's either, oh, yeah. he's either Duracell or Stromboli. Stromboli? He's Mario Stromboli. Okay. Because that's his dragon name. Oh, got it. Okay, all right. Now we talked about this two weeks ago, Dan. Okay, it's been a long time. All right, now you're old percentages. Wait, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Roll D8 and D12. I yeah, apologize. Right, right. Well, I, I apologize. Oh. D8 and D12. D8 and D12. And add that together. Uh, 11. Eleven. A character party. See character subtable in DMG. Okay. Well, we just <laughs> talked about this. The dice don't lie. So there's congratulations, Craig. More you roll. get to roll more dice. Which what? Where is that character suitable? That's why we play the game. In the D, it says it just says in DMG. Yeah. So okay, that's flipping and turning. That would be Appendix C. I'm going to go with. Oh. And I'm going to go to char- character suitable, and we're flipping. Yeah, we were just and there we're today. Trying. It's the second we time we're at the character. Character suitable. It's su- why do you say that? Subtable. Sub- yes, character subtable. Not <laughs> suitable. It's not suitable. It's subtable. I thought you you know why I say that? Here, that's, that's the second thing I do. I, I don't say uh, infrared. I say infrared. It's ridiculous. Really? Yes, I've said infrared. My wife it drives her crazy. So, so wait, you knew it was subtable, but you were just pronouncing it I suitable? I can't say. I, for everything I see, it say suitable, but I know it's subtable. Okay. Hmm. All right. I want to say that as a as a teenager learning to play back in 1981, 82, uh, that I we all called it infrared. See, there you go, infrared. I, I... Infrared vision. Okay. So infrared. All right, now so, what does he roll? He now rolls. A, yeah, now we're off the reservation. <laughs> oh, we are. We're totally yeah. off the rails. So let's see. As far as well, we can't character review yet. We could we could discuss the monster selection and then, but we're not ready for that. We complain about the length of the description. So we're not, we we're not five yet. You're yeah, not we're at not five. at five. So roll percentages, please. 84. 
It's, it's like a, a magic one. user. Okay, so... Wait, wait, stop. Can I get a timeout? I know that... A level two yes. magic user? No problem. I know the dice don't lie, but... So we're going to talk about a magic... Well, we're just going to kill the magic user. Right? Apparently okay, we're going to... Well, we, do, I, we have to figure all this out. Uh, <laughs> there'll be... Uh, he probably had it coming. I need to get some now, so normally there would be a party that would be done with this, but we don't do that. We don't do multiple. So uh, is equal to level of dungeon or the monster, whichever is greatest, through fourth levels. Okay, so you have a second level magic user, yes? And now you can roll percentages to see if he has any magic items. I just dropped a raisin ad on your phone. I can't find it. No, jeez. <laughs> no one's going to know what it is. 91. You do not have a magic item. Okay. Oh. That kind of sucks. Up, oh, roll percentages again. 78. You are a half-elf. Now roll percentages one more time. Boy, half-elves should be rare. Are they rare? 78. 50. You, okay, 55. you are multi-classed. So uh, basically, you, you're not just that. So I have to now figure out. This when I, this if I'm at the movies, I go to the restaurant. You have to figure out your another class. <laughs> Roll percentages again, sir. 98. You're a thief, so you're a magic user thief. Two, second level, second level. I mean, that, that's popular. popular. So how many spells does he get? We have to randomly do his spells now. Yes, we do. He's second level magic user. Let me so he, has two, he, has, he, he, he can memorize two first level spells. Second level magic user yeah. thief. You get... All right. All right. Hold on. Uh, Percents well, again? Or is it, or is it, it a, is a table. table? It's a D30. I don't know. So that would basically be a D6 and a D10. Oh, wait. Wait, wait. No, stop. Mm. Wouldn't he have... No, he would do the starting oh, spells. Oh, that's right. He'd have to do starting spells. I'm so sorry. You're What's exactly right. You, James? Oh, I'm losing There's a my chart. mind here. He has an offensive and I didn't, defensive. I didn't realize... Craig's like... I didn't realize he, the poor guy is going to have to roll up a character <laughs> so we can kill him with a copper dragon. You should just do this as a separate segment for rolling up a character. Right. It could do double duty. Because he gets a... <laughs> You gotta look it up here. You don't know where you're going, dude. I'm looking for it. <laughs> what you can do in the meantime is roll uh, roll three d six six times for every oh intelligence. No, he's got to give his stats. He's got to have his every, stats. All of his stats. Just three d six. You guys no, are hardcore. Four d six. He's not a player character. Oh, you're right. You're not a play. Wait, but he's a he's a, has a profession. I will. I'll let you be four d six. I guess he has a profession. Okay, so go. You can drop all the right, lowest. Right. Go ahead. Get my good what, dice. Are you rolling him in order? No, he can cheat. <laughs> these are, by the way, these are these are crucible dice from uh, last last nice. crucible. Oh, nice. Perfect. So hopefully they roll high. Yeah. All right, I'm going to discard yeah. the one. I got a thirteen for yeah, my first 13. stat roll. I'm going to discard the one again, and I got an eleven for the second yeah, I guess stat I roll. Been too worried. I'm going to discard the one again. I got a nine. Oh, my gosh. This guy's totally average. How do you ever even get this done? Wins. Oh, oh, okay. This is better. Uh, that is a 15. Okay. See that? See, Probably. you know you're old school when you're excited about a 15. Right. Yahoo! <laughs> I'm, I'm close. I, I, you get the 10% at 15 with yeah. your XP or something like that? Maybe. Yes, if, if he was... Uh, yes, for for Dex, definitely. Maybe intelligence than me, 16. Next one? 14. 14. And then the last one? Uh, 13. 13. Is it fair to say that that's fairly disappointing? 
What was the last one? 13? I would yeah. say. 13, right. yep. Because you need those break points, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to get those even rolls to get the bonuses. So what, what, but what do you, um, does not a half-elf have racial advantages oh. that uh, would help oh. him out to no, edge over? Vision. James, That's about are you going to make him re-roll his, his age and do age adjustments? No, I'm not doing all that. Well, what about age adjustment? Why isn't he getting... Oh, well, that's true. Well, he gets, well you, you don't roll for that. He's multi-class. You get the maximum You're amount. You're right. Half-elf gets no bonuses, penalties or bonuses. An elf would, but not a half-elf, but age. So, all right, what's his age? Are you on age? <laughs> you get that resistance to sleep. We have though. all these books that we're all in different places. <laughs> sure. I feel like we're cramming for an exam in like 10 minutes, and we're like working together. Where are you? Okay, page 39 of the DMG is spells. Okay, hold on. We're on also at the same time, we're on page 12 and 13, age. He is a thief, which would be for half-elf is 22 plus, he gets maximum, so there's no rolling. That's 22 plus 20. You add these together? Yeah, use the min. Right, you add them together. It says multi-class characters get the column which designates the highest age. So you basically give them the maximum. So under half-elf. Of the two. Of the two. Half-elf right. is what? What's... Well, the magic is going to be more. Okay. Well, no, maybe not. That would be 46 for the magic user. 46 and 46. So he's 46 years old. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing. All right. So 46 for half-elf is what? Still young in half-elf well, years. We're going to find out there. Um, half-elf, you, well, you just became mature, which means that the, the wisdom is going to equal out because it's subtract and it's add, but you're going to get a point of strength and a point of con. Right. So you add, so you have a 14 strength and a 15 con. So there you go. That's good for you. And what does he pick for intelligence and dex? Those are the well, big he, not, uh, Oh, I guess you could pick them, but I, I didn't think we had three hours to figure this out, so I was just doing them in order. Oh, you're not letting him <laughs> place. Got it. No, he's doing them in order. So you have a 14 con. Well, I, if he's a thief, if he's a thief, his two highest stats are going to be for the magic user and the thief, right? I mean, he's got to have him just to be able to do it. So it should be the 15 no, and the 14 no, there, I'm sorry, don't you James think? Is not letting you do that. No, I'll let you do it, but you have 38 seconds to figure out. Yes, intelligence and dex, you can arrange them any way you want. That's fine. I'll allow it. Well, I'll put the dex at 15 and put the uh, intelligence at uh, 14, oh, I guess. Don't the thief stuff, okay. And the con at 13, so now it's a 14 because it's plus one? Yep. Uh, if, if 14 doesn't get you anything, 15 gets you uh, added hit points in first edition. Oh. All this to be killed. All right. All this, yeah. Now... Well, we don't know. He has to figure out his alignment. Do you want to? Do you want a random alignment, or are oh, you going yeah. to? We're going to give him a random alignment. Oh well, you're looking at random alignment, Craig. We're going to roll for your starting spells. So we'll give him just. The, we'll just give him the three, and then he can pick the two. Right. Right. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, so I'm excited. Need, so you're going to roll on a D10 for an offensive, on a D10 for a defensive, and an, and a D10 for a miscellaneous. So I need three rolls of D10 with a D10. I got a nine, a seven, and a five. Nine sleep. Oh, that was a good That's one. That's a good one. Hey, watch out, you yes. dragon. Oh, seven is a shield. And what was your shield? Shield's good. What was your third one? Uh, I think I said three. A race. I picked up the dice already. <laughs> what a is race. it? You can erase magical writing. Aren't you excited about that? Yeah, you should use that. That's the one you should memorize. Super handy if you're a thief. So, Craig, which two spells were you memorizing for today? 
you could memorize two spells. Well, it would be it would be shield and sleep. I think. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't think uh, going to the dungeon. I'd have any. I thought about erasing any magic. Or you could read magic. You automatically get that as well. Oh, that's well. right. And read magic. And you have read magic. So you can. And, he, and he's second level, so he should roll randomly for an additional first level spell. Oh, fine. You're such a softie. I, I, you've made. You did it first. So uh, roll a d10 and a d6, please. Oh, no, just tell together? me what's on each of them. On the d, on the d10. Seven. And seven five. five, so twenty-seven. Guess which one? Oh, you're right, because when he goes up to second level, he gets one. Right, twenty-seven. Tensor's floating disc. You get tensor's floating disc, but you have to roll percentage to see if you can actually learn it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Never ends. What'd you roll? He got 34. it. He got it. Good. But he probably didn't want to learn it. Yeah. That's right. I don't want that one. You can carry the loot out now. Now you have a disc that you can carry it out. Now, uh, let's roll. We're going to do randomly your. I'm going to use this table from the facts oh. table. Let's do this, too. Mm-hmm. Let's combine segments. I think he should have a random magic item. Okay, we're going to give a... Is yes, that fair? Agreed. That's fair. Okay, so but you're doing alignment now. I, I love random magic items. Just percent well, roll? Let's, let's figure Anything out, out of the DMG? Could it, it be could an artifact? Be, yeah. First a D10 Wait. to figure out your alignment. Well, you're not going to have him roll his entire personality. No, we're not doing his whole personality. We, he's, this character is assuming Craig's personality, which is apparently very patient. <laughs> then we should roll to find out what it is. That's right. Well, D10 for his alignment first. Okay, alignment. Five. He had a keeble. Like, yes, he's like Elrond Baroon. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like Elrond Baroon's bastard son. That's right. Don't you think? That's right. He's an evil guy. Elrond Baroon was in, we did this uh, uh, from this magazine, First Encounter, Have You Ever Played a? And when you played a magic user, it was a chaotic evil magic user named Elrond Baroon. You, right. So this is Elrond Baroon's bastard son. Right. Searching for his dad. Right. Where it happened to? So now roll 2d4s and 2d6s so we can figure out your hit points. Elrond Snow. Uh, all right, I'm sorry. So what was the dice? 2d6 and 2d4, since you're second level in each. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hit points. Then... All right, for the magic user side, I got a 2 okay, and a 3, five, so yep. that's 5. And for the thief side, I got a 6 so and a 3. 9 and 5 is 14, so plus you have a con bonus, right? Or you didn't. You said end up with 14? Uh, 14 con? Okay, so yeah. you have 7 hit yep. points. Congratulations. Woo-hoo! Now we're going to figure out the ma- miscellaneous magic gun. I should have dog-eared this. Did, um, you did dog-eared there this. There it is. Oh, did you say, did you pick your name? Did you say, were you like Elrond Baroon Jr.? He's a, Elrond, Elrond Snow. Snow. Elrond Snow. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I like that. I like it. Yeah, the bastard yeah, son yeah, of... That's from Game of Thrones. I oh, see, so that's why I didn't get oh. it. Okay. All, All right. right. Percentages, please. Percentages. <laughs> have you, what, have you never read Game no, of no. Thrones? Or any I don't of like fan, okay. I don't like fantasy right. novels. Or movies or TV that's shows. A, that's a, page 121 of the DMG on... So this is now... We are doing a... Is James, would the kids call this a mashup? This is a mashup. So we're doing a mashup of random encounter and miscellaneous magic segments. We're, we randomly roll a miscellaneous magic item and discuss right. it, but we're just going to give it to Elrond Snow. Mm-hmm. So please roll percentile dice. We're on page 121 of the DMG. It's the only thing his daddy yes. left him. It was in the will. He's like, that's it? Well, we'll find out. All right, percentile, sir. Oh, wait, is his dad dead? Did okay, Elrond die at the end of uh... No, I th- well, some of them he survived, but most of us died. Let's just say he's dead. He's dead. Okay. Okay. He's dead. Okay. 37. 37. Oh, it's a rank. Ooh, We're this could be good. Table C now on page 122. Ooh, I like ranks. We need percentile. Di- oh, I hope it's x-ray vision. Percentile dice, sir. I hope it's the ring of three wishes. <laughs> 83. A ring of warmth. <laughs> 
No wonder you're pissed. <laughs> that's, all, that's all my dad left me. A ring. Okay, let's read it. And when my daddy left me, all he left me was alone. Ring of Warmth. The Ring of Warmth. Ring of Warmth. That's an album. Or a song, don't you think? Ring of Warmth. Ring of Warmth. It's not really heavy. You can't do thrash metal well, you, on a mandolin. You guys can collaborate. <laughs> I'm only expecting a Ring of Warmth song. Go ahead. All right. Ring of Warmth. Come on, James. The viewers, they don't like your playing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Ring of Warmth. Here's the good news, James. It's yes. a very short entry. I like it. Page 131 of the DMG. A warmth ring provides its wearer with a body heat, even in conditions of extreme cold, where the wearer has no clothing. No clothing. Whatsoever. Naked and afraid. Nice. <laughs> That's wrong. It also provides restoration of cold sustained damage at the rate of one hit point of damage per turn. It increases saving throws versus cold base attacks by plus two and reduces damage sustained by minus one per die. That's it. You have any questions about that? Any questions on that? That'll be really handy against the cold breath weapon of exactly Copper right. Dragon. Yes. Right? Daddy, daddy. That's right. Too bad he spits acid. But that's okay. That's right. 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 Okay. So I I was fed false information. That's right. Take this ring of warmth; it'll save you. Okay, got it. For dragon. Wait, what? Okay. uh, However, I think with the ring of warmth, it's only appropriate to go around in as little clothing as possible at all times. You're a naked half elf magic user. I love it. Right. In a loincloth. Right. I like it. Nothing but woad. <laughs> and, 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 right. And a sphere. All right, sir. So, the way we do this, wait a minute, is there anything else we have to do on this list? We dis- uh, we just, I think, die. Uh, discuss the monster's really bad choice, which really That's, is. This is a bad choice. Yes, this is accurate. Ultimate side of the monster is pretty cool. We determine whether the monster eats gnomes. Do you eat gnomes as an evil half elf? I mean, if it's okay. on the menu. A chaotic evil. Then we have, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're if you're if you're without any kind of resources, it would be a shame to let uh, meat go to waste. That's fair. That's fair. That's All right. So now we will roll. Apparently, I have to roll d6 plus one, and we get uh, five random things that's supposed to happen during our random encounter segment, such as kitten interruption. Well, we don't have any kittens here. This is old. Uh, discuss spells that have similar effects. Did we d- discuss that as we well? We don't have time. Yeah, we don't have time. Nine. Try to think of a name for this creature. So we did. We did. Elrond's now. Four. Mispronounce creatures' names different ways. I don't think... Half-elf. Half-elf. Half, 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 half well, it's pronounced half-elf, right? That's half right. Half-elf. 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 Remember Alf? That's right. Elf. Half-elf. It is half... <laughs> what a mutant that is. Ooh. <laughs> Hold on. There you go. Half-elf. I like it, Al. <laughs> he ne- did he wear clothes? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember at all. All right, sir. So now you get to roll surprise to see if you are surprised by this. By Draco oh. comes Stabuli. Stabuli. And I get to just sit here and watch. Like I'm at the movies. Right. I get to watch this, right? Because yes. Craig is Elrond. Elrond Snow. Gonna, you think they can hear me? What'd you roll? Yeah, probably. What'd you roll? I rolled a, okay. I rolled a five. Good news for you, sir. That's a D6 yes, roll, a D6. right? Good news for you. You surprised the dragon for two segments. What? You roll if he's sleeping? Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, backstab hold on, coming hold up. On. Hello. No, oh, that's okay. I, I forgot Are if he was sleeping. I have to check if he's sleeping. 25. Are you required about to? That. No, I'm not required. Why do we have to apologize to anybody? We don't have to apologize. We don't apologize to anybody. Yeah, this is your thing. What do we care? Actually, on YouTube, it's fine because we say it's not safe for kids. But on the iTunes, I put I don't put it's explicit, so I'd have to add that for this episode. That's the oh, we'll probably get higher ratings. Uh, probably. That's we should have Craig on more often. All right. Well, so not only is he surprised, but you uh, he's he's you surprise him, and he's sleeping. The dragon. Oh, awesome. On a pile of treasure. Oh, well, that, well that we was, have to roll that. That was some of the comments that we said, oh, great. If he dies, then we'll have to do the dragon's horde. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, that'll that'll be that'll take up. So what what do you do? You see sleeping on a giant pile of treasure is a copper dragon. Well, it's giant to you. It's 36 feet long. You're not sure how 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 massive this dragon is unless you listen to last show. <laughs> right. What? He dropped him. Another one. So, Craig, what what would you like to do, sir? You, uh, <laughs> given my chaotic ne- evil right. nature, it uh, seems uh, you might think that I would uh, stab a sleeping dragon, but I think I'd rather use the pathetic thief skills right. that I have to try and oh. steal something good right. from Roll the horde. Percentages. That's a good idea. Because this is how we're going to do it for this encounter. Actually, if he steals stuff, he's just going to steal and leave. The dragon will win, mm-hmm. but he'll okay. take something from the treasure hoard. That's fair. I like that. Go mm-hmm. roll percentages. You want to roll low. It may be, it may be no treasure. All right. uh, I rolled an 18. 18 is, is what is perfect. So is he, like, feeling under his belly? Yeah, he's feeling him up. <laughs> he's, feeling the tra- he's feeling the coil. You're giving him an exam. <laughs> I think I feel This something. won't hurt one bit. <laughs> I feel something. Is this an artifact? Now, I'll say you're successful in pilfering one L, L, item. L rune jelly yeah, I, will, I will say you're successful wait. in doing that. But we have to wait. But what's his treasure type? Let's wait. Now we have to figure that out. That's what we're treasure doing. Treasure type. Treasure type H and S. I feel a wand. I feel. That's right. I feel a wand. Hey, so does he. What is this? <laughs> it comes out with like a. It's like connected. Slurping it's connected. sound. connected. All right, so first is roll percentages on S. S oh, it's is S? Simple. Is S good? S has got to be awesome. S is simple. Wait, 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 stop. Okay. 87. Wait, is the treasure, is he an S? Is the copper dragon it's an H and S. So oh, I was going to say, it's just S. He's a huge S. S. Nobody okay, likes so, okay, him. Okay, great. So S, nothing. Now, <laughs> moving to the next one. Uh, H, roll percentages. Okay, 31. roll percentages. We're just going to keep rolling percentages. Okay, 37. hold on to that. Roll a D hundred, which is a yep, percentage, percentage roll. I'm sorry. Percentage. Yes. Uh, thirty-seven. Did I not already roll that no, at least one? So thirty-seven. Yes. Should I not say it? Yeah, not yet. We're going to figure it out. Yep. Okay. Uh, roll percentages again. Sixty-nine. Yeah, yeah, that's just like uh, Bill and Ted. Nice. Roll percentages again. We're on gold now. Yeah, lower is better. I'm with you. We're on treasure type. Zero, all zero, right, roll five. ten. You have you have all those six sided dice. Great, roll ten of them and add it together. Oh, <laughs> you can't just add a dice. Oh no, I guess you can. No, sir. What are we taking? Uh-huh. Oh, this sounds like a this sounds like a value. All right, that's, there we go. That's that's ten. There we go. What what happens if he gets this one? The gems. We'll have to roll each gem. Oh my god. <laughs> 
But now I have to add yes. it all together. Well, actually, that's four of these are sixes. All right, so that's 24, 28, 31, 36, um, 43. 43, okay. Next roll. Yes. That's a pretty good roll. Roll percentages. <laughs> 30 okay, even percentages. Okay, 84 percentages. Thank god <laughs> this is that was champs oh, 29 <laughs> 10 to 40 pieces of jewelry is there a jewelry sub is there a jewelry suitable there better not be a jewelry suitable 10 to 40 yeah. pieces that's a big yeah, so, handful uh i don't know if you have 10 d4 but just just uh roll five and double it Take, He's gonna miss his thieving skill roll, and this was for not. He made he made his thieving skill roll. Then. Oh, he already did. Yeah. Did you pick pockets? He rolled an eighteen. I rolled yeah, an eighteen. Okay. I may be a pathetic magic user, but I'm an excellent mm -hmm. thief, apparently. All right, so uh, ten, 14 times two is twenty-eight. All right, and now roll percentages one last time. Wait a second. That can't be. Yeah. Okay. Wait a second. Roll, Sorry, one what more was the last time? please. All right, here we go. 28. Okay. Big 2-8. Right, so, after, as you approach the, the copper dragon, you see this, he is sleeping on a giant mound of treasure. The, the, even though you're probably going under, under using infravision and this beast is regaled over this hoard of money, you realize as you climb towards the dragon... You are stepping over thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your, your avarice is, is only met by this hoard. And interspersed within there are lovely pieces of fine jewelry. So as uh, te not tempting too much fate, you grab one of the larger pieces of jewelry. You stuff it in your pocket and, well, whatever, you, your naked body, you stuff it somewhere and you run back. Did he make it? Did he have to do a move silently roll? You said he was walking over all these he did points. A, he did an 18. That's what he did. Oh, I thought silent. that was to pick pockets. No, he doesn't need to pick pockets. He's moved silent over them. Now he grabs oh, them. Oh, so I see. So it's just like laying out there. Yeah, it's not just, like underneath. He's not grabbing. He just right. moves up very slowly. He moves up slowly and, and, grabs, and grabs, a, grabs a piece. Yeah. Now, you will have to make a move silent to get out of there. So roll percentages again. Oh, we're all rooting <laughs> against him, aren't we? Here's where it all collapses. Uh, 55. 55. <laughs> Let's see. The good news is he is sleeping, so we have to look up. Oh, let me have oh. my monster manual back. Don't take my monster manual. Oh, that's yours. Oh, that, oh my God, this is yours. Because it has a barcode where you stole it from someplace. The library. Now now it's jingling in my pocket right. as I walk away, or wherever it is that that's I right. stowed it. So under dragon, a sleeping, under, because he's sleeping, oh, it, remember. It, it fell out from wherever he put it. If, okay. I'm, we're gonna have to look up what his percentage is. Oh, what's his dex? It's not good. Fifteen. It's, it's fifteen. That's pretty good. Okay. He's a second level. I'll do. What do you want me to do? I'll move do silent. silently. All right. So he failed. <laughs> so he definitely failed. Okay. If a sleeping dragon is found in Slayer and it will be always awakened upon loud noise, forcing a door within thirty or hundred feet, and the volume of the sound, it will awaken if attacked. It also attack on a on a d six. Okay. So. I'm going to give it a so, one in six chance. That, I'm clearly barefoot, yes, by absolutely. the way. Mm -hmm. That should give me yeah, some sort of a I'm going to say damage. he is, <laughs> you stumbled, you, you, you saw this piece of jewelry. You climbed up to it, and in your you know, zeal, you kind of fell back, and some of the coins kind of shifted. And so I'm going to give it a one in six chance that he actually awakens and 
feels that something happened. So do you think like he grabs it, like one coin kind of right. drops, and then, and then ding, another ding, drops, ding, ding, and then exactly. three more drops, ding, and then, ding, right, ding, and ding, it's all exactly. of a sudden it's like a cascade. All right. And you're just standing there with a piece Naked. of jewelry in your hand. Naked and afraid. So I said six. I did not roll a six. I rolled a one. So you successfully, after hearing the slow cascade of things, you're at the bottom of the mound. The dragon ex- exhales a heavier thing than before, stops breathing for a second, and then begins its normal cadence. What do you do? Sweat profusely. Take another piece. Um, One more. (laughs) And since he's asleep and I'm chaotic, well, if that didn't wake him, I must have to take it. All right, so roll percentages again. 76. I got to roll D6. And that's our Sherrod comes to it. No, you now have two pieces of jewelry. Oh, yeah. A similar kind of thing. But, you know, do you want to press your luck? Because now I'll say it's going to be a five and six and then a four and six if you keep doing it. Well, I have two yeah. hands, and they're yes. full. Um, I think uh, I think I think it's best if I exit now with my um, valuable yeah, not, jewelry a, um, and mark the spot right. to come back with a yeah. You're not group you're not a, you're not a seven wisdom. I mean, you do have some. You know, you're pretty pretty smart guy and and wise. Right. I have no step below right. a nine. So you're not a moron. <laughs> All right. So real quick, we are going to figure out the jewelry that you acquired. So roll roll percentages. <laughs> Where are you? All right. On page, thank you, sir. Page twenty-six of the. It feels like of the feels DMG. like I'm playing a uh, rollmaster with all the percentage rolls. Eighty-two. 82. Very nice. Roll two d four. Four and three seven. A seven. So it's it's a base worth seven thousand gold piece gold with gems. Now roll a d ten. Uh, three. Okay. So it's that. Okay. That's great. Now roll percentages. So you found one piece of jewelry with gold and gems worth 7,000 gold. And what, what, what? I think somebody just hit that's third right. level. That's right. You basically <laughs> just, wow. you just progressed. That's what, now the next jewelry. Uh, I rolled a 27. Oh, nope, am that's I rolling fine. again? Uh, roll yeah. 3d6. Uh, a seven. No, eight I'm sorry. Total, that one's worth 800 gold two, pieces. One. Now, any piece of jewelry set with gems must also be checked for possibly definitely stone. Any score of one, roll a D8 for me. Oh okay, uh, and two. one more D10. <laughs> eight. An eight. So, congratulations. You, you ended up with two pieces of jewelry worth 7,700 gold pieces. 7,000 XP. So 7,700 XP. You would be third level in each. Oh, because Thief is, goes up pretty quickly. Right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, boy. So, uh, congrats. Soon the world will rue the day that we they... Elrond Snow. That they... Uh, that's right. Cash rings and everything. So, oh, yeah. You only needed... If he had 2501, he's... he's he's he, Yeah, he was at second level. He's, let's say he's in the middle of second level. Yeah, he's easily over. He's, he's, at, the, he's at the top of third top of third level. He's a cut purse. He's gonna yeah. He's no a, longer no longer a footpath. <laughs> and you have the money to pay for it, which is even the more important thing. So, right the training. So, so yeah, that's right. You, you you actually can go. Oh here now train me. Well congratulations. 
Success! All right, I'm making a chaotic evil um, magic user thief elf, a half elf. There you go. Well, and hopefully you'll be able to join us uh, on on playing. Not because I know you're running around doing everything, but it would be great if you're able to do a pickup game or play with us when we're there in October. One hundred percent. Like I said, I'm always free usually in the evenings to do that kind of stuff, and I would love to sit down with you guys and play um i would even love to play in the tournament if that's a possibility but i i think that's probably less of a possibility well, the, the, so um and anyway we're gonna hang out we're gonna have a yep, great time right. because um it is i crucible is a is a great time to reconnect with friends meet new friends you didn't really even realize you had um there will be drinks aplenty. There will be stories to share afterwards um, and reunions to make in years in the future. It's awesome. Um, that's what I love about it. Um, so, and I certainly uh, enjoy the con as much as everybody who attends. Um, so it's a great weekend of, to get away from me too. Uh, <laughs> excellent. So the last thing we need for you to do, sir, is roll a D10. This one to 10, 10 being this oh. is the best show ever. One is we wasted everyone's time. We rolled and see how good. Uh, eight. That's an eight. There we go. Congratulations. That's more clapping. So I, I, I totally agree <laughs> with your assessment. That was a lot of fun. Um, so again, for everyone from from Craig, thank you again for coming on. Have being such a good sport with all the dice rolling. This was uh, interesting and a lot of fun. We had that was a fun time. So go ahead. Hey, yeah, and let me just say to everybody. Um, Crucible takes place in a hotel that is right outside the main gate of Walt right. Disney World, and um, and it's something we hadn't talked about yet. But it's uh, you you couldn't get a better situation um, proximity wise, and especially for the price. Uh, Walt Disney World is back to full in full swing, um, and uh, and and they do a great job with all the cleanliness and all that sort of thing too. If that's a concern for you, um, it's it's just a great weekend and such a nice um, opportunity to. To engage on a lot of levels. If you've got family right. members that you want to bring with, you know, it's maybe easier even to convince right. them to come. We have we people who their family's coming. Some of them are going to come for the day to play tabletop role playing or tabletop games. And then the rest of the time they're going to Disney, just like you said. So that's an excellent thing. So for uh, for Grog Talk, I'm James and I'm Dan, and we will see you next time on Grog Talk. Thanks, Craig. Take care. Thank you. This is Big Abushi Puppy Production. All rights reserved.